0: You're listening to Football Friday Night On Demand, exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up-to-date with high school football scores, updates, and news by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app.
1: This is Football Friday Night on 600 ESPN El Paso. Here are your hosts, Bo Bagley and Paul McKinnon.
0: Right, it's football Friday night week nine in the borderland from now until the clock strikes zero. We have you covered with all the action from West Texas to the land of enchantment. It's a full slate of games tonight on football Friday night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. I'm your host, Bo Bagley, alongside the hardest worker in the business, the beautiful mind, Paul McKinnon, and producer Angel Munoz. We have 70 years of experience on-site in the stadiums tonight. Our 600 ESPN El Paso high school football reporters are working that beat to bring you the best coverage possible. Our reporters tonight are Brandon Cohn, Alex Nicholas, Jeremy Caronco, Adrian Broadus, the coach, Jaime Chavez, Joey Panisi, and J.D. Sursley. We are here to speak the gospel of high school football in West Texas and Southern New Mexico. And, Paul, Week 9 is here. It has the feel of moving day in golf. Like, this <laughs> is really going to be the day we're going to figure out who's who in the district standings tonight.
2: Yeah, this, this is when it starts to get fun. But, by the way, I saw that movie, The Beautiful Mind. <laughs> that, Russ, that Russell Crowe, wasn't that guy crazy? Wasn't uh, he seeing spy stories? and was eclectic. i'm not taking that as a compliment
0: (laughs) but he's still the what he did with his mind and his numbers and his stats uh unparalleled okay way to spin it there, there, there you go but some exciting games today including our football friday night game of the week the battle of the claw between el paso high and austin Brandon Cohn, the Iceman, will have a preview of that game. Sure to be an exciting game uh, when that kicks off. That is the fifth oldest rivalry in the state of Texas, Paul. And both teams this year, 2-1 and one in district. Uh, an exciting game tonight at
2: RE McKee Stadium. Yeah, and, and nicely, El Paso High coming off a big win, 45-28 uh, a week ago against Bowie. Jerry tied is the quarterback. Did a little bit of everything. Uh, ran for 140 yards. Threw for more than a couple of hundred yards. El Paso, this is the best El Paso has looked in, at least the last five or six years, which is nice. And if you want to talk about looking good, I don't know who's looking better in that district right now than the Austin Panthers. Absolutely, they handed it to the Burgess Mustangs a couple of weeks ago. Same Burgess that that uh, shot past Andrews thirty five thirty four last week, just by controlling the ball. And boy, they really put a hurting on. Uh, uh, who was it last week? Was it Irvin? Hung f-
0: uh, Irvin forty one nothing over the Irvin Rockets last week.
2: Yeah, nobody is playing as well or, or or to their peak uh, as much as Austin, I think, in the city. whatever, However good Austin could be, I think they're there right now and, and right at the perfect time of the season.
0: Absolutely. Austin coming off a 41-0 win over Irvin. El Paso High coming off a big win, 45-27 over the Bowie Bears. Let's head out to Ari e. McKee Stadium and join the Iceman, Brandon Cohn, for a preview of our Cisco Movers Game of the Week. El Paso High and Austin. Brandon, take it away.
3: Yes, historic R. E. McKee Stadium for this storied rivalry. The ninety first time that these two teams have met, the only meeting that's been canceled was a nineteen sixty-three meeting because of the assassination of President John Fitzgerald Kennedy. This is a contest that features two teams in one hundred of the greatest American rivalry series games in the United States. The Austin Panthers, four and three on the year, two and one in District two five A division two. They're two and one here at home, two and two on the road. They've won two of three overall. I talked to Coach Pachardo before the game. He said he's going to be flipping between Irving Cortina as a quarterback and Luis Fernandez. Fernandez has been very good on the ground. Eleven carries, fifty four yards, one T D. When I asked Coach Pachardo about the significance of this game. He basically said, look, it's a big week, but any game is just big for us. But he said the most important part of this game is it's for the kids and the community, and it's very important for the coaches because it's a district game. This is also a game that is featuring a team in Austin that's won two of three. They had a big win a couple weeks ago against Burgess. Of course, they've taken care of business against Horizon at El Dorado. Look, they, we know they don't throw the ball very much, only 37 yards through the air, but a whopping 270 yards on the ground per game, led by running back Jaden Wilson, nearly 1,000 yards on the ground. He's also their stud linebacker, eight touchdowns, four receptions for 48 yards. Now on the other side, El Paso High, 3-4 and four on the year, 2-1 and one and 2-5-8. They are also a team that's won two of three games. They have big wins against Irvin Isleta. And uh, Bowie. Now, worth mentioning, I spoke with Coach Aguilar. He mentioned this is always a fun game. He tells their seniors every year they get a chance to truly leave a legacy. It's their last chance. But he also noted, look, this is a district game. It's as big as it gets. They're led through the air by Christian Corrillo, Pablo Gonzalez, George Ariola. They're a little more well balanced in respect that they like to pass the ball, 203 yards per game, rushing 122 yards per game. Red led by Pedro Chavez, who has 294 uh, yards rushing. Also, Jerry Chaitis, their QB. He's got over 1,400 yards passing, 13 touchdowns, so only four interceptions. We're underway about 1029 to go first quarter. No score between Austin and El Paso High. 91st battle of the Claw.
2: And, Bo, Brandon hit on, on something interesting. The, the starting quarterback, Irving Cortinas, he's been sharing duties with Fernandez the entire year, but they, they phased him out uh, recently, didn't, didn't play at all, didn't take any snaps under center, or no stats at least from a week ago, except for the fact that he did bring back an interception for a 38-yard score. So no matter where you put that Cortina's kid, whether he's under center or someplace else, uh, you know, he's going to keep making plays.
0: Very true. El Paso High and Austin kick off in just moments at RE McKee Stadium. Updates on our Cisco Movers Game of the Week from Iceman, Brandon Cohn, all throughout our show. And speaking of District A, we have another one, an early one, a big jefferson Bowie game. That started 6 p.m. in the Sun Bowl, a huge rivalry between that one, a rivalry that began in 1950. Bowie leads that series 37 37- 28-2. and two. But uh, this one tonight, all Jefferson so far. Uh, we have an update. I think last check it was 22
2: nothing Jefferson early on in the second quarter. Yeah, I'm looking what uh, our Ray Adato is sending to me. I, I know the first drive, uh, Arturo Rubio, 78-yard touchdown. Run. Remember Rubio coming off back-to-back 200-yard games. Never had a 200-yard game in his career. Now he's had them back-to-back. It looks like off to a terrific start, as I said. 98-yard run, two minutes into the contest to uh, get Jeff on the board and just punched in uh, another one. Uh, two-yard touchdown. And uh, yeah, twenty-two to nothing is the score. Thanks for that. I'm just looking for the numbers, Jeff. Twenty-two to nothing over Bowie. Uh, yeah, not unexpected. They have they're dripping in skill guys this year. And, and exciting, what
0: could potentially happen in this trick trick? There we're four teams with only one loss. Jefferson, uh, if they win today, could have proved to three and one. You also look at Burgess. You look at Andrus. Uh, you look at Austin. Um, you look at El Paso High. So uh, anything can happen in this district. It seems wide open right now.
2: And and Jeff is really the player in this because who do they finish with? Well, we said four teams are, are tied for first. Burgess, they already lost to. That was the season opener for both – or the uh, district opener for both those clubs. But who, who's, who's left on their schedule? Oh, just the Andrus Eagles and uh, – Oh, who's that other team that <laughs> oh, yeah. they might be tied with? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The four way tie. Jeff, Jeff is seeing both of those teams, excepting Burgess uh, down the stretch. So it yeah. should be fun. And Burgess has a
0: bye tonight. They're sitting back watching all the action, the, the- Carnation of what's going on in, in this district but should be a fun one another exciting old rivalry game tonight Irvin and Andrus. it might be a little lopsided in 2021 with the Andrus Eagles coming in at five and two overall Irvin just two and six but when talking to the, the late Alan Sepkowitz uh, Tony Shaw they all said this was the rivalry of Northeast El Paso maybe the biggest in El Paso and uh, this was something that they always looked at even when the Chapin Huskies were coming up this was the rivalry this was the game they
2: wanted to win yeah the battle of the helmet and I, I think Andrus is coming into this one awfully angry for a lot of reasons and a mismatch this year Irvin for whatever reason remember tried champs last year along with Burgess and Andrus in, in COVID 2020 I mean it was a strange season and that was uh one of the strange things but uh last time these two played 20, 2019 Irvin shocked Andrus and knocked him out of a out of a uh, tie with Andrus and Burgess for the title so they're upset about that and they're upset about the fact that they lost 35 34 last week to the Burgess Mustangs, a lead they had 34 28 late on the uh, Malcolm Anderson interception return for a score. A couple of Tavares Jones runs uh, the difference in that one. So they're angry about that. And I think a lot, of, I think the other two teams that were part of that three way, the Burgess Mustangs and these Andrews Eagles, a little angry about that three way tie a year ago as as well. So a lot of reasons for them to take out their frustrations on, on an undermanned. Uh, uh, Outmatched Irvin team tonight, but uh, remember, uh, uh, you know, uh, t- talent-wise, Malachi uh, Doe, yeah. they're still missing, and of course, uh, big Jeremiah Cooper, uh, He uh, second quarter of the Burgess game last week, I'm sure had a great impact on that contest, but uh, he went down in the second quarter, never came back, and we'll see if he's on the field uh, here tonight against Irvin. A good look at District 1-5A. J.D. Sersley will be on the call at Irvin versus Andrus,
0: so we'll have that update in just a little bit. Now let's over, head over to the big schools in District 5A. We actually had some action earlier this afternoon. That's right, El Dorado hosting Del Vye at the sack of 4 p.m. kickoff. Del Vye coming away victorious, 33-23 and what was an exciting game late. Let's head out to our own Jeremy Caraco for a final wrap-up of Del Vye and El Dorado. Jeremy.
4: Yeah, beautiful, beautiful fall evening here at the SAC. We're about 40 minutes from the kick between Isak and Montwood. But as you just mentioned, Bo Del Valle gets the win over El Dorado in the four o'clock game, 33 to 23, and a very, very entertaining second half. El Dorado came back from a 26 to 10 deficit with Rudison, who scored an opening drive of the second half for the El Dorado Aztecs to get them uh, to get them on the scoreboard to make it 26 to 26 to 16. Uh, Kevin Rodriguez had a big interception with the 620 mark of the fourth quarter. So we're at the 544 mark of the fourth quarter. It's Ricardo Portillo, the Evan Garcia two-yard touchdown pass for El Dorado. It made it 26-23. to And El Dorado on the suing kick. Uh, Del Valle bobbles a, a squib that El Dorado gets to try to avoid a big return. They get a huge, huge uh, play there. They get the ball back at the Del Valle 40. Unfortunately for the Aztecs, they go four plays and that's it. They turned the ball over and then it was Jesse Ramos a big night for him for the conquistadors. Three rushing touchdowns in total including the game winner at the 124 mark of the fourth quarter a 12-yard rushing touchdown and before that he had a 40-yard run that set up that game-winning touchdown play for Del Valle so El Dorado showed some fight in the second half. Unfortunately, they, they can't pull it out and they're just a opener here in the Super 158 so Del Valle improves to 6-2 Overall, one and zero in district play. While El Dorado falls to three and five and zero and one district play. And both teams will be at home next week. Del Valle uh, will host. Believe Del Valle will host the Chapin Huskies. No, that is El Dorado will host the Chapin Huskies. And El Dorado. Well, we'll we'll figure that guys. we will figure out the schedule for them next week. But that was our final here. So yeah, Del Valle will host the Air, and, and El Dorado will host Chapin next week. So a final. Here at the sack uh, 33-23, Del Valle defeats El Dorado, and we're about 37 minutes from kick between East Lake and
0: Montwood. All right, Jeremy, thank you so much. Big win for the Del Valle Conquistadors over the El Dorado Aztecs, 33-23, Del Valle improving to 1-0 in district. Uh, Jeremy, thank you very much. and looking forward to that Eastlake-Montwood game, the second game of a doubleheader tonight. Kickoff about 745 at the SAC. And once again, uh, uh, Chapin, next week, El Dorado will host Chapin, that's 4 p.m. Thursday at the SAC, while Dovai will host Bel Air, 7 p.m. Friday
2: at Conquest Stadium. Bo, a couple early scores out there. Let, let the uh, carnage begin, or the anger anyway. Andrews jumps out on top of Irvin, 7 to nothing. Malcolm Anderson, a 7-yard touchdown run. Remember, he had four last week, including an interception return for a score. That's how uh, that's how Andrus got that 34-28 lead before Tavares Jones hit him with a 50-yard run late uh, to win it. Uh, also, Kenya Tio Hanks and Isaiah Chavez interception leads to LJ Martin getting into the end zone. 7-zip Canyon Tio on top of Hanks. And at Riverside, Jose Guardado, their 1,000-yard back. Remember, they have two. Angel Munoz, the quarterback, broke the 1,000-yard mark as well a week ago. 34-yard run for Guardado. Riverside out on top of Mountain View in a very important 1-4A game. Three really good teams in 1-4A. And you're looking at two of them here, of course, Clint, the other one. 7 to nothing. Riverside out on top of Mountain View. And uh, Riverside and Canetio, uh tied for those
0: shiny, beautiful records, uh, the best records in the city at 7-1. and one. Right. Uh, And Riverside playing like it can put up a lot of points. And got an update from Adrian Broadus, uh via Twitter. Adrian says LJ Martin punched it in again. So Canateo now up 14 nothing on the Hanks
2: Knights early on in this one. Along with the Battle of the Claw from our Brandon Cohn, Austin Panthers out on top of the El Paso High Tigers. Seven zip Jaden Wilson. We talked about him. He's had a good couple of weeks of, of uh, recent eleven yard scoring run. Austin out on top, and the way we we're talking about this game, the Austin Panthers can
0: strike and strike fast this year. Coming off a forty-one nothing win over Irvin last week, interested to see how the El Paso High Tigers can claw their way back into this one and
2: uh, and make a game of it because they're really good at making uh, close games and winning close games. Yeah, Jerry Chides is, is the running game. Their quarterback, the lefty junior lefty quarterback, boy, where did he come from? He's, he's had a nice month, that kid. But uh, they really need to be effective through the air. Uh, Christian Cadillo, of course, the 6'2", uh, senior, long strider, usually a big play guy. You can throw him a hitch and he can go the distance. Throw him a slant, he can do the same, or just throw him a go right. He's so, so big and tall. So if Austin's able to take that, that away, that's a pretty big weapon. Pedro Chavez, the running back, he had a punt return for a score a week ago but uh, not really the weapon either of those other two kids are. And we have a fun game out in Far East El Paso down at
0: Horizon's Emperor Stadium, a sneaky interesting game between the Azleta Indians and the Horizon Scorpions. Horizon Scorpions just sitting there 1 and 0 in district, 3 and 4 overall while Azleta coming in at 1 and 1, but Horizon coming off a big 48-28 win over Parkland last week, sitting at 1 and 0 this
2: uh in this matchup. How do you see this one turning out? Uh, you got to love the way Horizon is playing. I mean, coming into this, you know, we assumed, and you know what happens when you assume. Uh, you know, Canyon Tio Parkland. It's going to come down to Canyon Tio Parkland. Well, it's not coming down to Canyon Tio Parkland because Horizon got a hold of Parkland a week a week after Canyon Tio did. And you know, turned them within an inch of their lives. Uh, big games from Ernie Garcia this time through the air. I think it was seven catches for 177 yards, something like that. Had a kickoff. He's had kickoff returns for scores in each of the last two contests for Horizon. As you said, they were off last week. But the guy to me who's really stepped up—I uh, don't have the stats at hand—but the quarterback uh, Kehos. All of a sudden, he's a running threat. I think he had a 190-yard game and uh, threw for 300. Another one. So. Ernie Garcia's been the constant there. He's a big play guy, and if you don't stop him, he's going to have a huge game. But Kijas also over the last month is having big games as well. So now they have that little double-speared attack, and Horizon's turned into a different team. Remember, I think it was the game that they lost that really lit their, their fire. What was it, 56-52 that they lost to the, the Chapin Huskies? We'll see what that did for Chapin as well. They opened a, a Super 5A play tonight at uh, Bel Air. But Horizon, from that time on, you know, they're balling. Absolutely. And uh, they look good. So well,
0: Joey Panisi for Football Friday night will have the call from Emperor Stadium for Horizon. Hosting let up. Another sneaky good game tonight could be the lake game between East Lake and Montwood. East Lake. Coming off a, a big win, 59-41 over Eastwood. Is this possibly a trap game? Americus defeated Montwood last week, 28-20. So Montwood coming off a loss. you got to think the Rams are going to throw the kitchen sink at the Eastlake Falcons tonight. That's the late game, the second game of a doubleheader at the sack. Jeremy Caraco on the call. Montwood just
2: 1-3 in district, holding on to their district lives. How do you see this one playing out against Eastlake? Well, you gotta love Eastlake. I mean, what did uh, what did uh, the kid Uribe do a week ago? What was it? Forty five yeah. carries, two hundred and ninety something yards. As Seven. A, go ahead. As a matter of fact, <laughs> name the built for tough Texas high school
0: football player of the week for Class Six A. Let's just let's talk about this because this is pretty amazing. Elijah Uribe had a record setting day. Forty five carries. 292 yards and seven touchdowns rushing. Also had four receptions for 55 yards and another touchdown. That's eight touchdowns uh, in their sixth win of the season as uh, Eastlake improved to 6-1. and one. A fantastic day and much-deserved uh, Texas uh, Ford Tough uh,
2: High School Football Player of the Week. And what he does along with that big offensive line is they just wear down the other team. Eastwood got off to a fast start last week, a couple of mistakes. They should have been up 14 points. If that goes the way they'd have wished it had, I think it's a different ball game. But once Eastlake gets you into the game, second second quarter, they get a lead, they wear down your defense, and they just pound you so that the Eastwood offense moving the ball. But so what? Every time you give it back, Uribe for four, Uribe for six, Uribe for seven. He's not fast, but he's nimble for his size, you know. And there's been a couple of power backs in this in this city over the years that that uh, stand out, and he's he's absolutely one of them. They just East Lake transformed their offense for this guy last year. Remember the the previous year, Ryan Levis, the junior, uh, threw for the second most yards in in El Paso schoolboy history, just behind uh, what AJ Briggs of Parkland did, second all time. And what did they do the following year? They are running the ball with the same guys. Blaz Campion was still there. Ryan Alevis was still there. They had options, but the main option was, hey, we got this big guy back here who nobody can uh, seemingly stop, and they just gave him the ball. And they're doing more of it this year. And, uh, you know, he's he's trying to set set records. He's probably only running for 140 yards a game, but he just wears down the other team. And as I said, once they get ahead, it's over. We'll see how the Motwood Rams will handle Elijah Rebe and the Eastlake
0: Falcons tonight. Remember, that's the second game of a doubleheader at the sack. Jeremy Caronco for Football Friday Night will be on the call from the SAC. Uh, we're going to take a break here on Football Friday Night. Come back with the action we'll do round robin from all of our Football Friday Night reporters. You're listening to Football Friday Night on 600 ESPN El Paso. Welcome back to Week 9 of Football Friday Night Right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Uh, We hear the Austin Panthers have struck early in our Cisco Movers Game of the Week. Cisco Movers can help with packing, boxing, heavy lifting, and moving your belongings to your next destination. They also offer storage at their facility. Take it from a family-owned company like Cisco Movers. They'll give you a great price and help you on your next big move. Get started by filling out a request form at ciscomovers.com. Cisco Movers, the best move you'll make in El Paso. Let's sit out to the Iceman Brandon Cohn for an update on El Paso High in Austin. Brandon.
3: Start of the second quarter here at R. E. McKee Stadium, and it is Austin seven to nothing over El Paso High. At the 613 mark of the first, Austin just running all over El Paso on their first possession of the game, utilizing stud running back Jaden Wilson on virtually every play. Drive ends and an 11-yard touchdown run to the far left-hand side of the field. Wilson, as he gets in, making his score Austin seven to 0 Now, on El Paso High's first drive, they were actually in business as quarterback Jerry Chaitis completes a nice 32-yard pass to wideout Christian Cardillo getting the Tigers into Austin territory at the 48. They would end up getting down to the 35, but then a quarterback Chitus throws an interception picked off by Austin's Oscar Aspicia at the 30, and currently El Paso High is getting the ball back because Austin, with a couple of blunders, is a bad snap. They lose 18 yards on that, so they're going to punt it away. 11.53 remaining here in the first half. Austin 7 to nothing over El Paso High.
0: All right, Iceman, thank you very much. 7 nothing in the second quarter, the Panthers over the Tigers in the Battle of the Claw, which started in 1960, but the rivalry started 91 years ago. It's the fifth oldest rivalry in the state of Texas. Early on, we have Andrus over Irvin seven nothing. Canetillo over Hanks fourteen nothing. Riverside Rangers just scored per Alex Nicholas at Lobo Stadium in Mountain View thirteen nothing. Now
2: Riverside over Mountain View, and Eastwood also up seven to nothing over Socorro. No surprise there. Aaron Rodriguez a two yard catch. And last check, we
0: have Jefferson and Bowie over at the Sun Bowl. A 6 p.m. kickoff between the two rivals, Jefferson Silver Foxes and the Bowie Bears. I'm sure a good crowd out there. In the second quarter, Jefferson leads it 29-7. Once again, Jeff over Bowie in the second quarter, 29-7. Hey, another game, a fun one, a battle of Northeast between the Rockets and the Eagles of the Irvin and Andrus, long-storied rivals fun rivalry dating back to the 70s and 80s let's head out to JD Sersley for an update on Irvin and Andrus JD take it away
5: yeah so for uh 55 seconds left in the first quarter all Andrus 14-0 over Irvin Malcolm Anderson over 104 yards already one with a seven yard touchdown and another 76 yard scamper touchdown um I believe on both carries he wasn't even touched um Irvin not, not so much uh kind of went backwards the first first time they had the ball and not so, uh, gained a little bit of yards of the second time. But, yeah, um, thankfully Irvin was able to make Andrus punt right now, but it's 55 seconds left in the first quarter. Andrus 14, Irvin 0.
0: J.D., thank you so much. Wow, 14-0 with less than a minute to go in the first quarter. That's about what we kind of expected. Andrus coming off a tough one-point loss to Burgess last week. Take it out on their old Northeast rivals, the Urban Rockets.
2: But again, look at the explosion of Malcolm Anderson. I saw these guys week one. He was a jet sweep guy, You know, you know. When we're not going to give the ball to Cooper... And uh, when Duncan's not going to do something, you know, let's run this jet sweep, and Malcolm Anderson will go 11 or 12 yards. Now, Cooper, with Cooper down, uh, we haven't heard if he's uh, suited up yet. J.D. Uh, Sursley didn't mention it, but uh, I trust he, he will on the, the next report. But uh, no, no Cooper, that weapon. And we've been talking about Malachi Doe. They're hoping to get him back by the playoffs. He had that uh, broken uh, wrist, I believe it was. Well, anyway, he, uh, a cast cast on his arm. But uh, regardless, with those weapons down, and those were the weapons... Malcolm Anderson now stepping up, as we said, four touchdowns a week ago, including the interception return, and now we're not even out of the first quarter. What's he got? A couple of touchdown runs, including a 78-yarder to uh, for Andrus to impose their will early on. And like I said, these guys are coming into this one angry. I'm not sure they're going to ease up.
0: Yeah, yeah. Andrus might not need those guys in Doe and Cooper tonight, but 14-0. Andrus over Irvin with less than a minute to go in the first quarter. Thank you so much, J.D. Sursley. Football Friday night reporter on the scene at Allen Sepkowitz Stadium. Well, Adrian Brontis survived the traffic out in West El Paso, made it to Canetillo just in time for two L.J. Martin touchdown runs. Let's head out to Julius and Irene Lohenberg Stadium, get an update on Canetillo hosting Hanks. Adrian, take it away. 3-12 plus here in the
6: opening quarter. Canetillo on top of Hanks, 20-3. to after after an Isaiah Chavez interception, Kenny Steele running back, L.J. Martin scored the first of two touchdowns early on for the Eagles. To play, I mean, it was actually just the next drive for Kenny Steele. L.J. Martin had another rushing touchdown this time from 18 yards out. Kenny Steele quarterback Devin Granados on the following drive hit Lorenzo Areola for an 11-yard touchdown. And um, Hanks just completed a drive in which quarterback Marcus Forrest hit Dominic Castillas for a 55, uh, actually a 50-yard catch. It, they drove it all the way inside Canyetillo's 15-yard line. However, they were only able to get three points to his kicker Miguel Chavez from 28 yards out, giving them three uh, here late in the first quarter. So again, we got 3.06 left here in the opening quarter. Canyetillo all over Hanks, 20-3. to
0: All right, Adrian, thank you so much. Looks like it could be the L.J. Martin show once again at Lohenberg Stadium. He loves that blue
2: turf and loves scoring touchdowns in that blue turf. Having a great season so far. Smurf turf, you know, and I'm always rooting for those uh, Hanks Knights. Uh, we always talk about young teams. There's nobody younger than those guys. The the guy, you know, I, I pine for who's, who's got to be suffering. A nice running back, Xavier Johnson, had a nice year last year as a sophomore. Having another good year this year as a junior just uh, doesn't really have any pieces around him. So he does his thing, and then the Hanks Knights, you know, walk away with a loss. Almost every week.
0: Uh, it's tough. Hanks coming in at one and six overall, zero and one in district. While Canatillo with that shiny, beautiful record of seven and one, two and zero in district. So they're up. Canatillo Eagles up twenty to three early on in this one. Uh, once again, an exciting game between the Isleta Indians and Horizon Scorpions down at Emperor Stadium. Joey Panicia football Friday night there on the call. Let's go out to Joey get an update on Isleta and Horizon. Joey, take it away.
7: Yes, with one minute and 20 seconds to go in the first quarter from Horizon Stadium, the score is the Horizon Scorpions 14, the Indians 0. <clears throat> it only took Horizon 5 offensive plays to score their two touchdowns. Wow! The first play from scrimmage was Jacob Kiosk faked the inside handoff to star Ernie Garcia, and he rumbled 34 yards up the right sideline. Very next play... He didn't fake it to Ernie Garcia. He handed it to him. And Ernie Garcia, their star, rumbled 44 yards for their first touchdown, making it 7-0 Horizon. This led us stalled. And as soon as um, uh, Horizon got the ball back, Jacob Quijas connected on a 25-yard touchdown strike to Orlando Del Valle. The point after touchdown was good, giving us the score 14-0. Asleta's uh, got to get something going, star quarterback Damian Couture scrambling, and he's tackled inside the 10-yard line. Um, this should prove to be a very important game for both teams. More on that later. But back to you guys, with 27 seconds left in the first quarter, it's a home horizon Scorpions 14, Asleta Indian 0.
0: All right, Joey. Thank you so much for that update from Emperor Stadium. Wow, uh, Paul. Five plays and two touchdowns for the Horizon Scorpions. Showing why they're one and zero in district and put and put forty eight on the
2: Parkland Matadors last week. And again, Kehos is inserting himself into the, into the game. He's an older guy now. Uh, but in previous years, he was kind of like the facilitator, you know, hand it off and make some easy passes. Now he becomes a threat. He runs. He picks up a, a good chunk of yardage. That's that's what the zone read is all about. Does the quarterback have it or does the running back have it? Well, the first time the quarterback had it, and he went 30-something yards. So when we go to hand the ball off again, what are they thinking? Oh, the guy who just went 30 yards, there he is. But now we give it to Ernie Garcia, the mercurial one, and he shoots on through for whatever it was a 41-yard touchdown run that's what the zone read is all about and then once you do next possession comes back and finds a guy through the air Kehos is throwing the ball he's good for more than a couple hundred yards every week now and it seems like he's running for between uh, you know 150 200 yards a week he is now a weapon and you put that weapon on the field with a guy like Ernie Garcia who can score from anywhere on the field they become a much more dangerous team Absolutely, uh, led by head coach Paulo Melendez, a former
0: Horizon Scorpion and UTEP miner, doing a nice job down there at Horizon, leading fourteen nothing towards the end of the first quarter over the Isleta Indians. A big game out at Lobo Stadium between the Mountain View Lobos and the Riverside Rangers. Riverside coming in at seven and one overall, Mountain View three and four. Big District game. Let's head out to Alex Nicholas from uh, for an update from Lobo Stadium. Alex, take it away. Start
6: of the second quarter here in Montana Vista, and it's Riverside leading Mountain View 21 to nothing. The first half or the first quarter, excuse me, dominated by the Riverside defense and Jose Guardado. Guardado three first quarter runs. The first one would be at the 11:08 mark. That would be a 34-yard run that you guys reported at the 2:32 mark. You would run in a 14-yard touchdown run. The last one would be another short yard. Uh, the second consecutive score where Riverside would start on the plus side of the field. Angel Munoz a 36-yard completion of Frank uh, Luna. Two plays later, Guardado would score his 17th touchdown of the season. That would be from one yard out. Extra point would be good. Guardado so far through the first quarter, six carries 64 yards. He had seven 100-yard rushing games on the season and well on his way to number eight here in 2021. Huh. Start of the second quarter, Riverside leading Mountain View 21 to nothing.
0: Alright Alex great job thank you so much 21 nothing Rangers over the Mountain View Lobos this certainly is not expected I mean, it certainly is expected uh Riverside just one of the classes of uh, the top teams of the city putting up points and the way they can put up points fast and efficient and coming in at 7 and 1 overall and showing why today
2: and, and more of what we're talking about with a rise in, uh, dual threats, and we even hear a triple threat, Freddie Luna catching an catchin important pass. But you have uh, your boy Angel Munoz in the backfield, the quarterback. He, uh, Jose Guardado opened the season with a 300-yard game. Yeah. And as you you heard Alex say five other times, he's he's eclipsed at least the hundred yard mark. He's well over a thousand yards now. He's a threat. But Angel Munoz is also a threat. The quarterback, especially lately, again over the last month, really been carrying the ball, had a 192 yard game, but he broke the thousand yard barrier a week ago as well. So every time you're in Riverside, you're looking at the running back, you're looking at the quarterback who's got the ball. And oh by the way, sometimes when the quarterback keeps the ball, he looks up the field and there's Freddie Luna for an easy catch. So again, another team that's a threat. Why are they seven and one? Because there's a little, really a dual-headed threat, but uh, you know a triple is leaking in there. the The Riverside-Clint game. Uh, I don't want to bury Mountain View just yet, but uh, Riverside-Clint uh, when those two get together, uh, that should be a fun one, probably for the district title. And
0: lots of weapons out there for the Riverside Rangers and uh, threats. And we have a threat, in Angel Munoz, right here in our own booth too. Our producer, Angel Munoz. He's laughing. He's always a threat behind that mic. You never know what he's going to say. <laughs> Absolutely. <I'm, laughs> Look I'm, at him. I'm, a, I'm an enigma. <laughs> there you go, Angel Munoz. Tell him he's a perfect
2: mind. <laughs> there, there you Tell go. Him that one. Beautiful, you mind. Mind. beautiful mind. Beautiful mind.
0: There you go. Hey, we have a fun game out at Trooper Stadium. See if the Troopers can right the ship. Coming off a a very very tough uh game last week and uh, where they lost to the East Lake Falcons 59-41. See if the troopers can right the ship at home against Socorro. Let's head out to the coach, Jaime Chavez, for an update on Socorro and Eastwood. Coach, take it away.
8: It's a fun one. If you're a trooper fan, we've got 29 seconds left in the first quarter. It is Eastwood, 28. Socorro nothing. Quarterback Aaron Martinez for Eastwood. Already three touchdown passes. 57 yards to Aaron Rodriguez and also a two yarder to Aaron Rodriguez. And then Martinez, a 56 yard touchdown pass to Curtis Murillo and another Andrew, Andrew Flutters, the linebacker for Eastwood. He had a 41 yard fumble recovery return for a touchdown. Martinez on track tonight. He's five of six, 147 yards passing and three touchdown passes, no interceptions. And he's thrown 21 touchdown passes thus far this season. And Aaron Rodriguez, that's his uh, eighth and ninth touchdown the receptions of the season. So the first quarter just ended here at Trooper Stadium on El Paso's east side. It's all Eastwood. And homecoming at Eastwood, Eastwood 28, Socorro, nothing.
2: And Bo Bagley, uh, this from Bel Air Highlander Stadium. Old friend Billy Coon out there uh, shot me a text. Appreciate that. 20 to nothing, a uh, uh, super 5A opener for Chapin and Bel Air, and Chapin out to a 20 to nothing lead. Remember Mason Stanifer, the three year quarterback, coming off his first 400 plus yard performance. And uh, boy, he's, he's picked up right where he left off a 55 yard touchdown throw to Anthony Rivera. That, that kid, I think it was nine catches. More than 200 yards in that, in that Horizon game from a couple of weeks ago. In fact, they had two guys over 100, uh, nine balls apiece. Timothy Pastron was the other one, I think nine balls for 150. And as I said, uh, Stanford for, for more than 400. Well, Rivera, the 55 yard catch. Rivera, a four-yard catch, and oh, there's that Pastron kid, a five-yard touchdown catch. I believe uh, Standifer threw five touchdowns, maybe six, in that same contest. Well, he's already thrown three, and I doubt Chapin Belair or even through the first quarter. In Belair's defense, remember, Andrus put 48 on him in the first half a uh, couple of weeks ago. What was it, 48-7 at halftime? Yeah. And Belair closed all the way back to within 48-42 before they just ran out of time, so you know Maybe it takes uh that, maybe the Highlanders are late sleepers. It takes yeah, them all I, to wake up. I think so. That's right. Forty-eight nothing. I
0: think it was at halftime, Oof. and yeah, Bel Air came back all the way back to make a game of it. Hey, uh, and we got our late game. Don't for, don't forget that we got our late game. East Lake versus Montwood over at the SAC kickoff probably in about ten minutes or so. We're going to try to get in touch with Jeremy Caronco, get a preview of that game. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Football Friday Night Week Nine Edition right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Welcome back to Week 9 of Football Friday Night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. We already have a final from earlier today. The Dovai Conquistadors top the El Dorado Aztecs. Dovai improves to 6-2 overall, 1-0 in district, while El Dorado falls to 3-5 overall, 0-1 in their district opener. Other action, we got halftime scores, Bowie and Jefferson. Jefferson leads Bowie 31-13 at the half, an exciting game. That taking place at the Sun Bowl, that was a 6 o'clock kickoff and a rivalry that began in 1950 between Jefferson Silver Foxes and the Bowie Bears. Also an update in 4A from Alex Nicholas, Riverside on the board again, 28-0
2: Riverside Rangers leading the Mountain View Lobos. Freddie Luna, 15-yard touchdown. So again, that third tip of the spear we talked about has two touchdowns now tonight.
0: Woo, look at that. Let's run down our uh, scores here. El Paso High and Austin, our Cisco Movers game of the week between El Paso High and the Austin Panthers. 7-0 early on, Austin over the Tigers in the first quarter. Then we got Chapin over Bel Air. 20 nothing. Chapin putting up 20 in the first quarter, 20-0. to And then, uh, Paul, what do you have?
2: <laughs> Not a lot, but <laughs> Andrew Servan has changed, and guess who changed it? Malcolm Anderson, one Good more you. time, his third touchdown. I think he heard how many touchdowns Uribe scored a week ago. Oh, eight touchdowns. Is that right? Yeah, let's take a crack at that. Like I said, these guys are lucky to be through the first quarter. A 20-yard run now for Anderson to match the 76 and the 7-yard scoring runs. 20 to nothing. Irvin, uh Anderson sat on top of Irvin. Two-win Irvin, and I think two wins is what they're going to wind up with this year. Candy Tio Hanks now 27-3. L.J. Martin strikes one more time from 20 yards out this time for that uh, edge. Horizon Asleta. Asleta has joined the fray. Uh, 22-yard uh, touchdown pass for Isleta from, uh, from Damian Contreras. Gets them uh, within that one score. Andres Martinez. Uh, I believe he missed last week with uh, some kind of injury, so nice to see him back on the field and productive. I think probably their best receiver, well, with the Espino kid. Gavin Espino, pretty explosive as well. But Martinez, 22-yard reception, 14-7. Horizon still leads Esleta and Riverside. Now uh, we heard from Alex uh, Nicolás, to nothing now over Mountain View. Mountain View supposed to be one of the three biggies mm-hmm. in that district. I think maybe now we're down to just two biggies. And, you know, after Riverside's done with Clint, maybe just one biggie. (laughs) The reason it's important, District 2 4A is pretty darn good this year. Fort Stockton, Andrews, Big Spring is a nice team. They're 4-2. You really want to get San Angelo-Lakeview when the playoffs roll, roll around. And the only team that's gonna likely going to do that, like I'm a predictor, they're just starting their own district season tonight. But, I mean, you can kind of figure. Uh, yes. You definitely want to get Lakeview. And uh, only the first team, the, the champs of District 1-4-A, will do that. And, of course, all those teams normally go neutral.
0: Absolutely. Other action elsewhere at Trooper Stadium. The Eastwood Troopers putting up twenty-eight points on the Socorro Bulldogs in the first quarter. Twenty eight nothing. Eastwood over Socorro once again in the first. And we have another late game tonight. Jeremy Caraco on the call at the sack for the second game of a doubleheader. It's East Lake and Mottwood. Let's head out to Jeremy for a preview of this fun one between the Falcons and the Rams. Jeremy. 3:52
4: 3:52 till we have kickoff here at the Sack for Game Two between the East Lake Falcons and the Montwood Rams. East Lake is six and one and three and one in district play. They will be looking to win this game and tie in for second to tie Double Hills atop the division. There coming off a tremendous win last week, the East Lake Falcons a 59 to 41 win led by who love, Elijah Uribe, 45 carries for 292 yards and seven touchdowns. Guys, we've been talking about it this week, last week. Uribe uh, was just one shy of the nine touchdowns by Messias in 1999. So he'll be looking to light up the scoreboard again tonight. And Eastlake might be at the bigger advantage than we thought, guys. The Mountwood Rams, um, they're coming off a loss last week to America's The 28-20 comeback effort falls short. Um, right now they stand at 2 and 5 overall, and they will be at 1 and 3 in districts. But unfortunately, guys, I'm being told, and from what I see on the field, there is no... Um, Yamil Oaxaca and his brother Diego Oaxaca, who's been out a couple games. They are not suited up. And neither is the lead running back for Montwood. They might not want to run the ball a lot and have success this year, but uh, Isaiah Claudio is also not suited up uh, for Montwood. Uh, Getting touches in the early part of the warm ups was was, uh, Daniel Villanueva, a tight end, who was looking to run the ball. And Avondre Williams. So we'll see if the Rams decide to uh, give some experience to their younger guys. Um, other than that, it's going to be Kevin Melendez, who's going to have to take the reins for the Rams tonight. Uh, he's leading the way for the Rams this season. He has a, almost uh, 1,166 yards on a 98 completions and 15 touchdowns. So that's going to be their their, their opportunity tonight to try and match up with Eastlake's star power with Uribe. And we mentioned Uribe on the season He's at a 1,177 yards on the ground. Oh, yeah, and he can also catch it, 295 yards. Five touchdowns in the air, 14 on the ground. And, yes, he is also thrown for six scores. So we're having the teams running onto the field. Should be an exciting one to see if Mountwood can uh, put away the pressure. It's 138 until we have kickoff between Eastlake and Mountwood here at the sack.
0: Jeremy, thank you so much. Once again, The late
2: game at the sack. The doubleheader there, Eastlake and Montwood. We'll have much more from Jeremy throughout the show. So you see what Montwood's up against tonight. He's abs- yes. absolutely right. Uh, you know, the, the running backs are gone. The receivers, uh, terrific receivers. Diego Oaxaca has been gone since week two. I think Burgess broke him. But uh, Yamil Ohaka, maybe the best receiver in the city. I would say probably the best receiver in the city. The problem is when your best player is a receiver, I mean, it's tough to get him, as opposed to somebody like, he's like your best player, is Elijah Uribe. Where is he? Well, we can snap it to him. We can hand it to him. We can do whatever we want. So it's tough when your best player is a receiver. If he's a complimentary piece, then he could be explosive. But when everybody's looking at him, uh, it's difficult. But but Kevin Melinda is the quarterback, second-year starting quarterback. He's out there on an island all by himself, uh, most of their offense comes from him carrying the football in the first place, but uh, they're in, in, in a tough spot because if they lose tonight, uh, you can just uh, get rid of Montwood. No more playoff shot for them. They are uh, definitely out. And the reason the teams they may wind up tied with uh, for fourth place, they've all they've already battled them and come up short. America's beat them last week, 28-20. That was 21-zip through the first quarter, and they battled back, but, but still an L, you know, uh, lost to Eastwood, uh, Pebble Hills. So – even if they wind up a tie with somebody and Miracle went out after this week, finished three and four, anybody they're going to be tied with, somebody who already beat them. So they absolutely, absolutely, absolutely have to find a way to win tonight without their best players. Absolutely. It's going to be an exciting one to see. We'll have
0: Jeremy Caronco on the call as we take a break we're going to come back with much more action to a round robin with all of our reporters. You're listening to football Friday night, right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Welcome back to week nine edition of football Friday night, right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Now time for our two minute drill brought to you by the El Paso Association of Builders. Real high school football action is brought to you by real Texas builders. Ask your home builder. If they're members of the El Paso Association of Builders, the home of Real Texas Builders, that's El ElPasoBuilders.com. Let's for, let's head out to our Cisco Movers Game of the Week and join the Iceman, Brandon Cohn, for an update on El Paso High in Austin. Brandon.
3: 325 remaining here in the opening half, and it is Austin 7-6 to over El Paso. At the 11.38 mark of the first half, El Paso's quarterback, China fumbled at the Austin 45, recovered by Panthers quarterback Oscar Apisha. So far, Apisha, great first half, has an interception and a fumble recovery. El Paso shooting themselves in the foot there with two turnovers in this first half. Austin then goes back to their quarterback, Irving Contreras, after a fumble there by Fernandez. Now El Paso finally gets it going late here in the second quarter as quarterback Chidas finds multiple receivers in Gonzalez, George Ariola, And then he puts the cherry on top as he throws a 25-yard touchdown to his uh, running back, Pedro Chidas, at the 430 mark of the first half, and the PAT is blocked. So we have now 320 remaining here in the opening half. Great game in the 91st Battle of the Claw. Austin 7, El Paso High 6.
0: Alright, Brandon, thank you so much. Gonna be a close one at R.E. McKee Stadium. Iceman with the call. Thank you so much. Let's head out to J.D. Sersley for a two-minute drill update on Irvin and Andrus from Alan Sepkowitz Stadium. J.D., take it away.
5: left in the second quarter. Andrews 34, Irvin 0. They should have won last week. Andrews should have, uh, and they're definitely taking it out on Irvin. Malcolm Anderson with three touchdowns, 134 yards, a 40-yard interception return. Elias Duncan threw a beautiful 59-yard touchdown pass to C.J. Hager. And then Owen Bensley with the last touchdown, a blocked punt, picked up his own punt block and scored the touchdown. Irvin has it, but it's all Andrus 34 and Irvin 0. What is, not, uh, what is unexpected is Jeremiah Cooper, number four for the Andrus Eagles, is hanging out on the sideline with his red gym shorts. So he is definitely staying out of this game, and I guess they do not need him anyway.
0: All right, J.D., great job for that information update on Jeremiah Cooper not playing tonight for the Andrus Eagles, but as of right now, they don't need him up 34 nothing in the second quarter. Also, our producer, Angel Munoz, is also sitting back in his red uh, red gym shorts acting in our producer's booth. I see you back there, G- uh, Angel. Well, great job, J.D. Let's head out to Loewenberg Stadium for a two-minute drill update on Hanks and Kenetia from Adrian Broadus. Adrian, take it away.
6: 604 left in the opening half. Canyon Teal all over Hanks, 33 oh. 3. Who other than LJ Martin leading the way for Canyon Teal? Over 185 rushing yards and now four touchdowns. His mo- most recent being from 28 yards out. With 604 left here in the opening half, Canyon Teal all over Hanks, 33
0: 3. All right, Adrian, thank you so much. This is the LJ Martin show from Lohenberg Stadium. 33 3. In the second quarter, Canetillo leading Hanks. Let's head out to Joey Panisi at last check. It was 14-7, Horizon over Isleta. Let's head out to Emperor Stadium and join Joey for this update. Joey, take it away.
7: Yes, from Emperor Stadium
0: with 147 left in the second quarter. It's Horizon
7: 14, Isleta 7. Uh, Isleta scored in the the very first play of the second quarter on a 19-yard touchdown pass from Damian Contreras Andres, Andres Martinez. That was his ninth TD of the season. Uh, Horizon's driving right now. They may get another score. So it's 135 at Emperor Stadium. It's Horizon 14. It's a seven.
0: Joey, thank you so much. Same score. Going to be a slugfest out there at Emperor Stadium. Joey, thank you so much for that update. Let's head out to Lobo Stadium out in Montana Vista. The Mountain View Lobos hosting the Riverside Rangers. And join Alex Nicholas. Alex, it's been all Riverside early on. Let's get an update. Take it away. All Riverside early on. And hot action as we have a 30-yard touchdown pass. From
6: Angel Munoz to Frank Luna, that's their second touchdown connection of the evening. 357 mark here until halftime. Makes it 41 nothing Riverside. The previous touchdown would be a 20-yard touchdown run by Jose Guardado. Guardado, four touchdowns in the first half. I hear there's a running back show on the west side. On the opposite side of, side, opposite side of town, we have one here as well. 357 left until halftime. It's Riverside 41, Mountain View nothing pending an extra point.
0: Wow is right. Alex Nicholas, thank you so much for the call. 41-0 pending the PAT. Riverside over Mountain View, still three and a half minutes to go in the second quarter. It was all Eastwood so far in the first quarter, hosting Socorro at Trooper Stadium. 28-0 at last check. Eastwood over Socorro. Let's join the coach, Jaime Chavez, for an update on Socorro and Eastwood. Coach.
8: And we've got six... 39 left in the half. And it's Eastwood 35, Socorro 14. Eastwood quarterback Andrew Martinez, three touchdown passes, 57 and two yards to Aaron Rodriguez, and a 56-yard touchdown pass to Curtis Murillo. The scoring for Socorro, quarterback Brian Leva, an eight-yard touchdown pass to Isai Aguilar, and Socorro, Isaiah Edgerton, an 11-yard touchdown run. 622 left in the half. Uh, Troopers to it.
0: Eastwood 35, Socorro 14. 35-14. What a game, Coach. Thank you so much. Eastwood
2: leading Socorro with 6.30 to go in this game. And just to wrap up uh, the city scoring, uh, Chapin Huskies on the board one more time. The, The offense exploded. Leading into their break week, and uh, nothing's changed after a couple of weeks off. Mason Standifer, this time the quarterback does it himself. Three yard keeper, twenty seven to nothing. Now the Huskies all over Bella. Remember this Huskies team? They were coming into the season. They had a little thunder and lightning in the backfield. The, uh, Jacob Williamson, kid, he was he was the thunder. He was the pounder, and uh, the other kid, uh, Rochelle was, was the, the Lightning. Both of those guys went down Williamson about a month into the season. Rochelle Massey, before the season even started with a knee, they had to morph into the throwing team. When Ryan Warner was playing for the Chapin Huskies, this is what they did. Darren Walker, his first in as a as a head coach, a lot of open sets. They threw the ball over cre- all over creation. Uh, Freddie Baker, of course, Warner was there. Gaston though all those guys. I think Warner is in his comfort zone, and it's starting to look like Mason Standifer is, uh, is as well. Three touchdown passes: uh, two to Rivera for 55 and four yards, and one to Pastran for five itself. And then, of course, Stanford takes it himself. 27 to nothing. Chapin all over. Slow starting, and I do mean traditionally slow starting. Bel Air. All right, 27-0, Chapin over Bel Air. Big
0: lead for the Chapin Huskies. Also at halftime, the Jefferson Silver Foxes lead the Bowie Bears 31-13. That game being played at the Sun Bowl. Also up in, uh down, I should say, in the Lower Valley at Fabins Fabens Wildcats lead the San Eli
2: Eagles 15-0 in the second quarter. Then oh. I was just going to say, uh, Fabins still without their best player. Uh, running back Miguel Delgado. Cast on his arm for uh, last three contests now. They're hoping they get him back sometime before the season's over. But remember, this game, we don't have anybody at it tonight, but this is a playoff game. There are five teams in District 1-4A. Only four of them are going to make the playoffs. Fabens and San Elliot are, are the bottom of that barrel. We hear what Riverside's doing tonight. Mountain View and Clinton, both pretty good. The winner of this game is going to wind up grabbing that fourth and final playoff spot, so this is a playoff game, and good for Fabens, up a couple of scores in the first half.
0: 15 nothing with two minutes to go before halftime. 15 nothing, Fabens over Sanelli. Up in the land of enchantment in the state of New Mexico, Centennial Hawks. Uh, lead the Hobbs-Eagles 14-6. That's just before halftime. Carlsbad leading Oregon Mountain 7-6 in the second quarter. So we'll have much more from there. And then you talk about Thursday's games. Paul, what an exciting game between Pebble Hills and Americas. You were at this one, 57-20 Pebble Hills over the Americas Trailblazers. The Spartans improving to 4-1 and uh, in district in a big game there.
2: Yeah, I was I was talking to uh, actually the old ball coach, the Hall of Famer uh, Tony Grijalva, Frank ex Franklin head coach earlier tonight, and I was I was telling him who was there as well. Watching that game, Pebble Hills and uh, and America's reminded me of those old nineteen thirties films, the old single wing Bronco Nagurski and those guys, <laughs> uh, Mark Moore without Caesar Drennan. Caesar Drennan's been out uh, a couple of full games now. And, uh, they, boy, they better have him back by uh, week 11 when, when America's and East would go head up probably for the fourth and final playoff spot in District 16A. They need that extra weapon. But the only weapon right now for America's is, is really Mark Moore, the nice sophomore quarterback, big kid. But they're just snapping him the ball, and it's power football. And that worked for one possession last night. They went right down the field, stuffed it in. It was working a second possession until they tried to reverse pass, and they got picked off, and it was all downhill from there because Gael Cho on the other side, nice sophomore quarterback. More of the same, direct snaps, and Ochoa is just keeping it. As I said, outside of the formation, it's not a single-wing formation, but it's definitely single-wing football. Just snap it to the guy, and let's play power football. And Pebble Hill is obviously more powerful than shorthanded Americas last night. Absolutely big win for
0: Pebble Hills over America's 5720. Also the Westside Bowl at uh, the Sun Bowl was all Franklin 48 nothing. Franklin approves to 6 and 2 overall 5 and 0 in district while Coronado falls to 1 and 7, 1 and 4 in district. Franklin Cougars playing all bit the part of district champs right now.
2: Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt there, the the class of this district. It took them a while to show it. A tough non-district. We weren't really sure what they had. But, you know, since Darren Walker came back, they've taken a jump and, and they've turned into the superior team, I would say, in the city. The big game against Eastlake, of course, the one caveat, Eastlake didn't have their quarterback, Sebastian Rendon. Instead, they had their weapon as the quarterback, uh, the Uribe kid. And I, I think that was a tough way for him to operate. I would have loved to see... Uh, Eastlake at full strength up against uh, uh, Franklin, but uh didn't happen. It's not going to happen this year, but uh, yeah, Franklin looks good. Only one one toughie left on the schedule. They get America's a week from now. Uh, America's a tough schedule finishing out Franklin next week, and then, as we said, uh, finish up with Eastwood, which regardless of what happens in the Franklin game, probably a playoff elimination game for the fourth and final playoff spot. Absolutely. Also in the land of enchantment last night, the Mayfield Trojans.
0: Topping the Santa Teresa Desert Warriors 41-7. Now Santa Teresa was one of those teams that came in at 7-1 this week. You also have Centennial Hawks at 7-1. They just scored, so they're now up 21-6 just before halftime over the Hobbs-Eagles. That game likely for the district title. All right, we're going to take a break. Oh, before we take a break, Paul, you got to score.
2: Yeah, one last score again from our buddy Billy Coon. Boy, this one's really uh, opened up, headed to halftime. Five minutes before half. Chapin now. 48-7, 48-7, to they lead Bel Air. Ooh. The good news, Bel Air finally on the board. Noah, uh, Noah Moreno, that uh, sophomore quarterback, a 62-yard scoring run, and that's usually how it starts with uh, Bel Air. Uh, they score one touchdown, and here, <laughs> here come three or four. I'm not predicting it tonight. I'm just telling you what's happened uh, in past weeks. 48-7, to
0: the Chapin Huskies over the Bel Air Highlanders. That one in the second quarter. We also have a score update from Loenberg Stadium. L.J. Martin with his fourth touchdown of the first half. Canetillo now leading Hanks 33-3, that in the middle of the second quarter. Coming back, we'll have much more from all our reporters. We'll head all around town, a little roundtable. You're listening to a Football Friday Night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Welcome back to Football Friday Night Week 9 Edition right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Football Friday Night brought to you in part by Taco Avocat. Need a new spot to try? Experience Taco Avocat for feel-good fast food. Family packs available for the big game. Or stop by the drive-thru and grab Taco Avocat to go. Wear your school colors and receive 10% off at Taco Avocat. Dine in at 2114 North Zaragoza. Or order online at tacoavocat.com. Let's head out to our second game of the doubleheader at the sack. It's Eastlake in Montwood. We have a score. Let's head out to Jeremy Caronco for an update. Jeremy, take it away.
4: 6-24 first quarter and is now Eastlake leading Montwood 7-0. to Who else? Elijah Uribe, a 27-yard touchdown run. Just four plays into the game, a 33-yard drive. That goes a minute and six seconds Uribe. It's his 15th score of the season. Unfortunately for Montwood, they they were supposed to receive the opening kickoff. Unfortunately, it was bobbled at the 33 where Eastlake recovered it, and that's not where Montwood wants to be in an uphill battle already without some of their star guys like Yamil Oaxaca and running back Isaiah Claudio. So Montwood trailing guys a must-win game for Montwood, and they're already in a big hole right now. Eastlake with the ball again. And looking to drive across the 50, so we are at 5:41 first quarter, and is East Lake Leamontwood seven to zero.
0: All right, Jeremy, thank you so much. Going to be a fun one there between the East Lake Ram, East Lake Falcons, and the Montwood Rams. Let's see if the Rams can counter now after bobbling that opening kickoff. Let's head out to our Cisco Movers game of the week and join the Iceman, Brandon Cohn, for an update on El Paso High and Austin Brandon.
3: It's half at homecoming on R.E. McKee Stadium for the Austin Panthers, and the Panthers have a 14-6 to edge over El Paso High at the 138 mark of the second quarter. Austin pulling a hell of a shtick as they do a razzle-dazzle play, running back Jaded Wilson throwing a 32-yard touchdown pass on the halfback option to wide out Sebastian Morales. I mean, you're, you're seeing Austin throw the ball. You just don't expect it. It was a surprisingly amazing play to give – the Panthers, a 14-6 edge going into the half. Some halftime stats for you. Austin, their running back, Jaden Wilson, great game so far. 21 carries, 112 yards, two touchdowns, one on the ground, including also that 32-yard TD toss to his wideout. Sebastian Morales flip-flopping QBs between Luis Fernandez and Irving Cartinas. Both not really doing much, though, and, of course, both do have fumbles in this game thus far. El Paso High quarterback Gary Chidas, 10-of-19, 152 yards, one touchdown, an interception, two fumbles. Wideout Christian Carrillo has three receptions for 42 yards. George Ariola two receptions, 42 yards as well. And running back Pedro Chaita at 25-yard TD reception. As I noted, it's an extended halftime here at R.E. McKee Stadium. And the 91st Battle of the Claw in our Cisco Movers Game of the Week, Austin 14-6 to over El Paso High.
0: Iceman, thank you so much. Halftime in the Austin Panthers leading the El Paso High Tigers 14-6 in the Battle of the Claw in our Cisco Movers Game of the Week. Thank you so much, Brandon. Let's head out to J.D. Sersley for an update. This game should also be at halftime. Irvin and Andrus at Alan Sepkowitz Stadium. J.D., take it away. Five
5: minutes to... End of halftime, yes. Andrus, 34, Irvin, zero. Someone forgot to refill that rocket because it is going nowhere. Malcolm Anderson with 134 yards, three touchdowns, a 40-yard interception return. Uh, Elias Duncan with a beautiful pass. To CJ Hager, 59 yard touchdown. And then Owen Bensley with a miraculously blocked punt. And then he picked up his own blocked punt and ran it in for the touchdown scampers. So, right now, yeah, all Andrus over Irvin, 34 0, four minutes left till the third quarter.
0: All right, JD, thank you so much. 34 nothing at halftime.
2: Andrus all over the Irvin Rockets. That's when we kind of expected. So last weekend at one point lost to Burgess, Malcolm Anderson had three touchdown runs and an interception return for a score. Now in one half, a (laughs) blowout half over Irvin, Malcolm Anderson has three touchdown runs and one interception for a touchdown. Wow. That's a heck of a half. I don't know what it means. <laughs> There's some kind of symmetry there. And maybe all he has, maybe they shut him down in the second half, and maybe they should. He's about the only weapon they have left, I guess, along with uh, Elias Duncan, their quarterback, uh, Jeremiah Cooper, we heard on the sidelines, in his in his red shorts and football jersey. <laughs> yeah. So you got to love the style. Absolutely. 34 nothing. Andrus over Irvin at
0: halftime. Let's head out to Loewenberg Stadium, join Adrian Broaddus for Canateo and Hanks, and it's been the L.J. Martin Show, right, Adrian? Right there, Bo. 49 seconds left here uh, in the opening half.
6: Can you, T.O. on top of Hank? 47-3. to 3. How about this? Hot action. L.J. Martin with a 95-yard rushing touchdown. He says, hey, Malcolm Anderson, I, I'll one-up you right here. 13 carries, 320 rushing yards on the night, and five total touchdowns for L.J. Martin. A phenomenal night for him. 49 seconds left here in the opening half. It's all Canyon T.O., 47-3.
2: And L.J. Martin, yeah, no kidding, Bo. He came into the night already as the city's rushing leader, a little, little under 600 yards away from the 2,000-yard mark. Of course, uh, Aaron Dumas, a couple of years ago, the last guy to accomplish that. He went all the way to 3,000, I think, 3,184 all-time city rushing uh, record. I don't think L.J. Martin's, Martin's getting that. But I think he's starting to smell that uh, 2,000. He's already got a few hundred here. You wonder if they shut him down in the second half. But if they do not and let him, let him go 400-plus, Guy has a legitimate shot as a junior to hit uh, 2,000 yards in a season. A a major accomplishment. major accomplishment and also an accomplishment for El Paso. Two weeks in a row, they've had a Texas
0: high school football player of the week. Could it be three? Three, Pete. If L.J. Martin plays the second half, it certainly could be. Wow, 47-3, to L.J. Martin over 300 yards and five touchdowns so far in the first half for the Kanatia Eagles over the Hanks Knights. Let's head out to Joey Panisi, an exciting one between Horizon and Isleta. Last check, it was 14-7 just before halftime. Joey, what's the update there?
7: Yes, from Emperor Stadium at half, it's Horizon 21, Isleta 7. Um, what can I say about Jacob Kihas? Uh, he's seven for eight tonight, one TD passing. That's his 12th of the season. He's passed for 140 yards. He's rushed for 90 yards. Ernie Garcia, uh, his partner in crime has carried 11 times for 108 yards and he scored his 14th and 15th touchdowns of the season. Boys, this is his 600 plus yard game of the year. Uh, he's gone over 1200 yards this season right now. Uh, for Horizon, Orlando Del Valle was the receiver of that 25-yard touchdown from uh, Jacob Quijas. Um Kicker Angel Simmental for uh, Horizon is 3 for 3. He's been kicking them way through the goal. Now for Isleta, uh they feature a quality quarterback as well, and Damian Contreras, he's not having the night of his career. He's 7 for 17 right now uh, for 71 yards. He did complete his 19th touchdown. Uh, of the season on the first play in the second quarter. He connected with Andres Martinez for a 22-yard uh, touchdown. Um, he's been scrambling all night, and he's been throwing on the run. But talk about a quality quarterback. He's passed now for over 2,200 yards this season. Uh, he scored 54 points for Uh, for uh One last thing about Kijas. His quarterback rating is 137.7. Um, I don't know how you can get much better than that. But if you watched him play tonight, uh, you'd understand why. Let me just add this. He's had one hiccup uh, from the 40-yard line. He threw a BB. He faked a handoff to Ernie Garcia. Ernie ran right up the middle, and Kios threw a BB up the middle, and Mario Pinales was anticipating it from Isleta, stepped in front of Ernie right on the goal line, and picked it off. Uh, Pinales is a free safety, a senior he ran it back 40 yards, and it's led took over from there. So the second half should be just as exciting. We got 10 minutes to go till it starts. So from Emperor Stadium at the half, it's Horizon 21. It's led us
2: seven. And, and Bo, Joey's dead on about Keyhos. I think he's the difference in the in the sudden uh, rise in Horizon play. He went for 266 rushing in that uh, crazy uh, Chapin game from a few weeks ago. And then he answers that by throwing for more than 300 yards in the big win against Parkland. 15 out of 19 for 324. Those are not Jacob Kiyos numbers that we've seen traditionally over, over the last couple of years. His, his brother Abe Kiyos, that guy carried Horizon into the playoffs. What a star he was. Well, look who's turning into a star now. Uh, Garcia's back there. He's a star, yes. Now Quijas is as well, and that's why these guys are, are more dangerous than they've ever been.
0: Oh, definitely a pair of weapons there for the Horizon Scorpions, leading the Azleta Indians at halftime 21-7. to I set out to Alex Nicholas in the Mountain View area of Mountain View Lobos, hosting the Riverside Rangers. I'm looking at Alex's tweets right now, yeah. and total yards, Riverside dominating, but Mountain View only two yards. Alex, is that right? And give us an update from Lobo Stadium.
6: Yes, sir. Bo, that is not a typo. That is not a miscalculation. We have a full-blown blowout here in Far East El Paso as it's Riverside leading Mountain View 49 to nothing at the half. Total yards like you mentioned, Bo, 351 total yards of offense for Riverside in the first half. For Mountain View, just two total yards of offense, and that is aided by nine tackles for losses by the Riverside defense. Three sacks on Junior Salcedo, who, by the way, left the game midway through the second quarter. So District 14A's leading passer in terms of total yardage coming into this game, leaves 7 of 12 passing, 33 yards with a lower leg injury as he limped off. So that's not good news for the, river, or for the Mountain View Lobos. But for the Riverside Rangers, Angel Munoz turning it on there in that second quarter, 5 of 9 passing, right at 150 yards uh, through the air, three touchdowns, nine carries, 108 yards. Jose Guardado, seven carries, 84 yards, four rushing touchdowns. And, oh, by the way, he also had a 63-yard reception from Munoz, where it was just basically a little wheel route in the middle of the field, actually, where he just got behind the defense on a 63-yard score. That was the last score before the half. Right now I have Mountain View with minus 31 rushing yards, and i got to give a shout-out to – one of the statistically one of the best defenses in the city who came in with 26 takeaways, led, led, they've been led tonight by Rudy Valenzuela, who's their leading tackler actually had six fumble recoveries coming to the season. I'm curious to look at how Riverside is going to divvy up the stats. Cause it seems like he's been on every tackle for loss and almost every tackle on, on uh, just 30 total plays for Mountain View in this first half. And it has been all Riverside, Riverside averaging 411 yards rushing uh, coming in. Into this game, they're already at 201, so it'll be interesting to see what Mountain View can salvage here in the final 12 minutes. As we are at halftime, and it is all Riverside proving they are a legitimate, ta- a legitimate contender in the 4A Region 1 bracket coming up here in the playoffs. As Riverside leaves Mountain View 49 to nothing at halftime.
0: All right, Alex, thank you so much. Impressive has been the Riverside offense this season, but even so now the defense in Mountain View, likely a playoff team, only two total
2: yards in the first half. Wow. You know, we talked about this a little bit uh, last week. I mean, uh, the total yardage, obviously impressive. A team that likes to throw the football, obviously can't. And when you throw against a superior defense, what happens? Guys get hurt, and you heard Junior Salcedo. Uh, they're their quarterback, you know, their weapon uh, on the sidelines now. But uh, we did talk about 26 turnovers created by Riverside coming into this contest. Easily leads the city. Rudy Valenzuela, as you heard Alex say, six fumble recoveries and an interception. He has more turnovers himself than likely half the teams uh, in the city. Riverside means business. And, you know, it reminds me of the old Tom Work days when they would stick 40, 50 uh, points on people. And then spend the second half kneeling on the ball, and the running clocks out of, out of Riverside, especially those years where Riverside was in the same district with, uh, you know, with the uh, you know the Fabenses and the Clints and people who who just weren't ready. The Mountain Views, you know, this game again, they they moved down to those old clubs. Uh, there was a period when they were all together, and Riverside was just much too much for those guys. And as I said, kneeling on the ball in in the uh, third quarter and. Gary Recoders, he's an old Riverside guy. He played for Tom Work, and that's what they're trying to reinstate there. Has a lot of the old uh, old crowd around. Mike Stevenson, of course, uh, you know the the storied quarterback. You know, maybe the best quarterback in in Riverside history. Certainly up there among them. He's on that staff, and they're actively looking to recruit the old Riverside group and bring those boys back so they can reestablish what they had back in the day. And they've taken a giant step this year. Alex you know been texting me all night oh you got to see this guy oh you got to see this guy <laughs> he's impressed with a lot of these riverside rangers and and alex has seen a lot of football not a guy who's easily impressed uh, riverside Probably the real deal, and you know, Clint's going to see it in a couple of weeks. Absolutely, Mike Stevenson, the old Anthony Wildcat coach, without uh, a doubt. A, a nice, a nice job over there with the Riverside. And then Ricoder, Once Ricoder got the job at Riverside, he recruited him on over. Give your head coaching job away. Come on and serve on this staff. You know, they're they're Riverside through and through. That's what they believe. That Riverside uh, red. Avers- By the way, uh, one extra score in yeah. uh, on that on the break. Or an one more time. Second half has started. Well, I guess it's time for Malcolm Anderson to score another touchdown. There you go. Yeah, the opening kick off of the second half went to Irvin they couldn't get their handle on it Uh, Andrews jumps on it a couple plays later 31 yard screen pass Malcolm Anderson his fourth touchdown of the night to go with three touchdown runs and one interception return for a score he now has a reception next I'm sure he will be throwing for a score somewhere in the not too distant future
0: also, score updates from the Sun Bull in the third quarter. Jefferson has increased their lead to 38-13 over the Bowie Bears. And just before halftime, Chapin looking like uh, a stellar offense, just like the Riverside Rangers. Up 55-10 to over the Bel Air Highlanders right now just before halftime.
2: Oh, Zach Ortega, 98-yard kickoff Ooh. return. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, our buddy Bill Coon says my thumbs hurt.
1: (laughs) Ah,
0: I I bet. Taxing so much. (laughs) There's a lot of
2: touchdowns out there. Speaking of a lot of touchdowns,
0: let's head out to Trooper Stadium and join the coach, Jaime Chavez, for an update on the Eastwood Troopers hosting the Socorro Bulldogs. Coach.
8: Ten seconds left in the half, and the score is it's Eastwood 56, Socorro 20, Eastwood just had a touchdown back, an 11-yard touchdown pass uh, from Andrew Martinez to Samuel Lopez, and uh, that one is being called back because of an illegal man downfield. And, and even with uh, nine seconds left, he goes back to pass once again. And another touchdown, this one, yes, a 16-yard touchdown pass to Samuel Lopez. And that is Aaron Rodriguez's sixth touchdown pass of the evening. He also has touchdown passes of 57, 16, 15, and two yards to Aaron Rodriguez and a 56-yard touchdown pass to Curtis Murillo. And we've got 3.9 seconds left in the half. And here's the extra point by Jesus Garcia. And that is good. And we have just reached halftime mercifully at Trooper Stadium. And it's homecoming at Eastwood. And the score, Eastwood, 63, Socorro, 20.
0: Huge first half by the Eastwood Troopers. They're capable of putting this on on any opponent, and they did. And they're doing it tonight.
2: And this is what I was talking about about a month ago. When we're making fun of poor Hanks, who on their homecoming invited the number 5 team in the state, Lubbock Cooper, the same Lubbock Cooper that just beat Wichita Falls Ryder last week, the team that they always wind up against in the regional finals. Hanks invited Lubbock Cooper. Eastwood waited nine weeks into the football season to have their homecoming because they knew when Socorro was coming. The same Socorro that hadn't won a football game on the field. In over six seasons, they broke that streak. Actually, it broke with a couple of forfeits a year ago. Socorro actually beat Franklin <laughs> Go on a forfeit, of course. But they beat El Paso uh, this year to, to uh, snap that string. But Eastwood waits for Socorro, a team that they know they can uh, likely handle, and that's how they schedule their homecoming uh jason blair and the hanks knights you know they should take note and maybe take a lesson
0: <laughs> there you go sixty-three twenty eastwood over socorro at halftime hey the east lake falcons they're riding that uribe train out at the sack let's head out to jeremy caraco for an update on east lake and motwood oh we'll head out to jeremy in just a little bit but it looks like east lake has scored an Elijah Aribe a 68-yard touchdown run, breaking four tackles, according to Jeremy Carranco, into the end zone. 14 nothing Eastlake over Montwood, 11 minutes to go in the second quarter. Now, all right, we're going to take a break. You're listening to Football Friday Night, Week 9, edition right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Welcome back to Football Friday Night, Week 9 edition here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Some exciting games. A lot of games going to halftime. But one game, the Uribe train. Eastlake's jumping on. Jeremy Caraco out at the sack for an update on Eastlake and Montwood. Jeremy. In the
4: second qu- Eight minutes left to go in the second quarter is now Eastlake leading Montwood 14-0. Elijah Uribe opened the game up with a 27-yard touchdown. He'll follow it up even better. His longest career run on the ground, 68-yard touchdown run, one of the most impressive touchdown runs I've seen this season. He broke about four tackles falling into the end zone with three rams on him and going up for the score and in 68 yards. the extra point was good, 14-0. Now Elijah Uribe uh, coming off uh, – Tremendous performance last week, Texas 6A player of the week. He is now 133 yards tonight on seven carries and two scores leading the way for the Eastlake Falcons. Kevin Melendez trying to do what he can right now to get Montwood um, into the end zone. They have facing a second down and two at the 32 of Eastlake here with eight minutes left to go in the second quarter. Guys, it's Eastlake leading 14-0 to over Montwood.
0: All right, Jeremy. Thank you so much. Uh, boy, Elijah Uribe, nearly unstoppable for the East Lake Falcons, and doing it again tonight up 14-0 over the Montwood Rams. Here's some score updates for you earlier on today at the sack, Del Valle topped El Dorado 33-23. Tonight at halftime in our Cisco Movers Game of the Week, the Austin Panthers lead the El Paso Tigers 14-6. At halftime, what a big first half by the Chapin Huskies. They lead the Bel Air Highlanders at halftime 55-10. In the third quarter, Andrus all over the Irvin Rockets 41-0. Last check, it was Canada Canateo and Hanks. It was the LJ Martin show for an halftime update on the Canateo Eagles and Hanks Knights. Let's go out to Adrian Broaddus from Lowenberg Stadium. Adrian, what a night so far for LJ Martin.
6: That's exactly right, Bo. Five minutes left here, uh, here at halftime, and the Canateo Eagles just all over the Hanks nights. 47 to 3, and it's largely due to LJ Martin. Now, Coming into this one, he is out of the class of 2023, Has being recruited by teams like Baylor, Kansas State, uh, UNLV, UTEP, and UTSA, where he's all gotten offers as, to play Division I football in the future. But tonight, just a, a remarkable one. Oh, uh, I have him at 15 carries for 320 rushing yards mm. and five touchdowns. He just broke off a 95-yard rushing touchdown before the end of the half where he shook off uh, plenty of Hank's nice defenders. But LJ Martin, when you watch him in person, you just understand what a special running back he really is. Came into this game 15 touchdowns, is now at 20 rushing touchdowns on the season so far. Um, you look at some of the other big players tonight for Canyon Tio. I look at definitely Manny Jaquez, who uh, uh, he actually had a fumble recovery for this Canyon Tio Eagles team. You also even look earlier into the game where they got an interception uh, with uh, Isaiah Chavez. So this defense is stout held. The Hanks Knights just three points. On the Hanks Knights side, Marcus Porras as the quarterback position, he's made two big plays, a 50-yard pass to Dominic Casillas, also a 32-yard pass to Idalius Coleman. Um, those are the two shining points for the Hanks Knights offense, but not really able to get uh, you know touchdowns out of their drives. That's been the biggest issue for them. Canyon Tio on the ground is is all you know. It's all L.J. Martin right now. Three seventy-five, and he has three hundred twenty of those rushing yards. We got three minutes to go here at the half. Canyon Tio all over Hanks. Forty-seven
0: to three. Wow! Thank you so. much. What a huge night for the Canada Eagles, LJ Martin in the first half, 320 yards, unofficially five touchdowns. We could be sniffing another Texas high school football, (laughs) Ford Ford Bill Tuff high school
2: football player of the week. I don't know. Yeah, we don't want to get too excited. It's an overmatched Hanks team. The same team that gave uh, up 300 plus yards to Javier De La Rosa from a sled at the end of uh, last season. He's not even with a sled anymore. Off the team, and you know they've expunged his records and everything. So. Um, but this is something Martin could do. I think every week uh, they they manage him. They manage his minutes. They're trying not to wear him down. He's not carrying it. Uh, you know, like we said, the Orive kid last week carried 45 times to beat Eastwood. They're not doing that with L.J. Martin. You know, they're just they're not pounding him down. They're not using him to pound down the defense. He gets it just enough to get a little taste. As we said, he's the top rusher in the city. And after tonight, boy, is he ever the top rusher Absolutely. in the city. And he'll have a shot at going over 2,000 yards a week from now. Uh, when Kenya Teal finishes off their season. Well, maybe it's a couple of weeks when they finish uh, with Horizon. But, uh, yeah, yes, he's having a trip. It doesn't matter who's on the other side of the, of, the, of the football. L.J. Martin is having one heck of a night.
0: Absolutely. 320 yards so far in the first half. Five touchdowns. Kenneth Ken leads Hanks 47-3. to Also at the half, Horizon leading Isleta 21-7. to At halftime, Riverside, Oliver Mountain View, 49-0. And at the half, Eastwood putting up a ton of numbers, scored a touchdown just before halftime. They're up on Socorro 63-20. And I'm going to last check. Uh, Report from Jeremy Caraco: 14-0 Eastlake over Montwood. Also Jefferson, Oliver Bowie, 45-13 that game in the third quarter. Also at halftime up in Las Cruces and all around the state of New Mexico, Oregon Mountain leading Carlsbad 13-7. Anthony over Cuppets Academy 34-6. At the half, Centennial over Hobbs 21-6. And at last check the start of the third quarter, Fabens still leads San Elizario 15-0.
2: couple out-of-town scores, Bo. Uh, Midland Legacy, formerly known as the Midland League Rebels. They're still the Rebels. Now they're just Legacy. Looking to move to 7-1, 4-0 undefeated in District 2-6A up on uh, their brethren, their Midland brethren. Uh, 43-21, they lead Midland High. Other games out there tonight. Central-Permian. By the way, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, San Angelo Central uh, did have an opening District loss to Wolford Friendship. Well, that loss, we talked expunged. There's another one because the loss uh, came with with an illegal – Friendship had an offensive lineman who got tossed out in the Amarillo game, their last game going into district. And then he came back and played the next week, and UIL just ruled on it uh, over the last week, and they said – you're not supposed to let that guy play and and of course friendship said yeah but you guys didn't say anything about it that defense didn't go over too well so friendship their one win uh, gets taken off the record central gets the win so now central and permian tonight uh, central 2 and 0 in in that district are uh, Or they lost their loss anyway. So going up against Permian, no score on that one. Same with Odessa and Abilene in Super Five A Amarillo Tascosa. They are the beast, and uh, they're likely to do something this season. They moved to seven and one last night. uh, Or excuse me, they're looking to move to eight and one. Sixty to twelve, they lead Lubbock Monterey. Lubbock Monterey. Traditionally, a pretty good team. Tascosa all over them. Tascosa could make waves in that Super 5A district, and it wouldn't be the first time, uh, especially of late. Lubbock Coronado all over Caprock, 49-7, as they look to move to 3-1 and in the district, 4-4 and overall. Lubbock Cooper off the win over a Ryder a week ago, the huge win. Well, now they're picking on the Little Sister, Wichita Falls. Thirty-seven to ten, Lubbock Cooper uh, looking to move to seven and one, three and zero in that district. They're going to win that district. All they had to do was beat Ryder to accomplish that, and of course they did. And uh, seven and one on the season, three and zero in the district. Wichita Falls, they're going to fall to one and two. Give them props for staying close. Thirty-seven to ten, not bad. And in district two foray, a bit of surprise. I guess Lakeview heard, him, heard me poor-mouthing them. <laughs> yeah. Fort Stockton, not as good as they were a year ago, the, the reigning district champs. Lakeview, maybe not as bad of a, a fourth place as I made them sound. Fourth quarter score, Fort Stockton, Lakeview at Fort Stockton, all tied up at 21. Fort Stockton look, looking to move to 7-1. and one. Of course, it's the first district game for all of these clubs, only four teams in the district and all four are going to go to the playoffs. Fort Stockton and Lakeview, though, in a fun one, tied at 21. Absolutely. That out-of-town scoreboard brought to you by Longhorn
0: Distributing, the only hot-sea dealer in West Texas and southern New Mexico, your source for cleaning equipment, service, and supplies. Longhorn Distributing, 5516 East Paisano Drive in El Paso. And remember, after our show, visit 600 com for recaps, photos by Prep One and final scores for Football Friday Night. Make sure to subscribe to Football Friday Night On Demand for the replay of each show. Football Friday Night On Demand is available wherever you get your podcasts. We're going to take a break. Coming up next, the second half and a roundtable from all of our reporters. You're listening to Football Friday Night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Welcome back to Football Friday Night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. I'm Bo Bagley alongside Paul McKinnon and producer Angel Munoz. We've got some exciting action out at Ari e. McKee Stadium. Let's join the Iceman, Brandon Cohn, for an update on El Paso High and Austin in our Cisco Movers Game of the Week. Brandon, take it away.
3: Eight seventeen remaining here in the third quarter. Austin with a 21-6 lead over El Paso High. Folks, it's the Jaden Wilson show to start the second half. This kid just is amazing, Austin utilizing him on every single play of their first possession to start the second half. It culminates with a 15-yard touchdown run by Wilson at the 9.33 mark of the third quarter to put Austin up 21-6 over El Paso High. That's Wilson's third touchdown of the evening, two rushing, and of course he has that passing touchdown on the razzle-dazzle play in the first half. Then at the 9.24 mark of the third quarter, it's Jaden Wilson again contributing this time on defense for Austin. Can this kid not do everything for crying out loud as he causes a fumble as wideout Christian Carrillo fumbles at El Paso High's 25, and Jaden Wilson causes the fumble, recovers it, and Austin is driving again. They are now down to the 10-yard line. 7.22 remaining here. Third quarter homecoming for Austin High School. They're up 21-6 over El Paso High.
0: Iceman. Thank you, boy. It looked like the Austin Panthers could pull away in this one. We'll see if the El Paso High Tigers can keep it
2: close. And Austin was trying to pull an Eastwood. Yeah. Oh, El Paso High. <laughs> yeah, oh, they've yeah. had some down years. Let's schedule our homecoming then. Yeah, yeah. that uh, uh, the Tigers yeah. coming back to bite them a bit. Let's Austin's see. still on top, but uh,
0: it's a struggle. Yeah, we'll see what happens here. In our Cisco Movers game of the week, twenty-one to six, Austin over El Paso in the third quarter. Let's head out to Andrus, Allen Sepkowitz Stadium and join JD Sursley for an update on Andrus hosting Irvin. JD, three thirty left in the fourth.
5: Three thirty left in the fourth quarter. Um, if you want a total domination by one team, this is your game. Andrus fifty-four, Irvin zero. Malcolm Anderson with 135 yards on the ground, three touchdowns. And then also Elias Duncan with three touchdowns passing. Two actually go to Malcolm Anderson also.
2: Mm-hmm. So
5: he's just, Malcolm Anderson is just totally dominating this game with a 40-yard interception uh, return also.
8: Uh,
5: Owen Binsley earlier with a blocked punt, picked up his own blocked punt, Brandon for the touchdown. Um, I mean, everything going Andrews' way right now. Three minutes left in the fourth quarter.
8: Andrus fifty-four.
0: Irvin
2: zero. Wow, fast-moving game there at Allen Sepkowitz Stadium. Fifty-four nothing. Andrus over Irvin. And you heard Malcolm Anderson doing all the damage. A few touchdown runs, a couple of touchdown catches, and one interception return for a score. Like I said, he saw what Uribe did uh, last week and said, well, "You know what's the record hey, in this yeah. town?" Well, uh,
0: one player that might have the record getting awfully close is Canetillo's L.J. Martin. Mm. Let's head out to Adrian Broaddus for an update from Lohenberg Stadium on Canetillo hosting Hanks. Adrian. Ten minutes left here in the third quarter.
6: Canetillo all over. Hanks 47-3 to on Canetillo's opening drive. We've seen something that we don't typically see when we watch L.J. Martin. Uh, him not get a first down, yes, the Canyteo Eagles were stopped on their opening drive of the second half, had to punt, and now the Hanks Knights have it at their own 22-yard line. Uh, again, when we're talking about L.J. Martin tonight, he's got 17 carries, 324 rushing yards, and five touchdowns. 948 left here in the third quarter. Canyteo all over Hanks, 47-3. to 3.
0: All right, Adrian, thank you so much for that update from Julius and Irene Loenberg Stadium. Let's head out to Horizon's Emperor Stadium. Join Joey Panisi for this update on Horizon hosting Isleta. Joey, take it away.
7: Yes, with four minutes and 50 seconds left in the third quarter, the score is Horizon 21, Isleta 7. Uh, Isleta, Isleta received the kickoff and ran everything but the kitchen sink at uh, Horizon. They were running wildcat. They had Gavin Espino in there, quarterback. He's their leading receiver, and uh, they just couldn't get anywhere. And Horizon, just like last time I watched them, uh, Ernie Garcia's had three 20-plus-yard runs called back because of little silly uh, um, penalties. Um, I know against Bowie, when he scored seven touchdowns, they called three back. Uh, I was, I was uh, calling that game as well. So Horizon's got to get it together. Uh, just a sidebar for Atleta, uh, they're playing without the heart and soul of their defense, their defensive captain, uh, middle linebacker, Julian Contreras. He's a 5'11, 215-pound senior, leading the team with 66 tackles. Uh, he's not in the game tonight. I couldn't find out why, uh, but he's not suited up. But there you have it, with 359 now and another incomplete pass by Atleta. Let me take that back. Uh, Horizon, a little hot action. Horizon returning it, an in interception all the way down to the 11-yard line. Uh, intercepted by Aaron Sigala from Horizon. So with Horizon beginning on the 11-yard line with 3.43 left to go in the third quarter, it's Horizon 21, this led seven.
2: And Bo this just in from the Sun Bowl and Ray Adalto. Dylan Navarro a 22-yard reception for Jefferson sneaky good Jefferson and they're uh, even further out on the rival Bowie, 52 to 13 they now lead that one and and Navarro another guy who just jumped out we always talked about the skill guys though Arturo Rubio coming back we said he had back-to-back 200-yard games uh the the four-year starting quarterback Nathan Alcala you know, he can run and he can throw, but Dylan Navarro is, is, has uh, uh, showed up as a, a threat through the air and uh, has, has been there consistently, and that just, as again we talk about, another tip to the spear. Jefferson, an interesting team. They're cruising through Bowie tonight, and they finish up with Austin next week and then uh, the Andrus Eagles the, the week after that, and boy, they're going to have really something to say about uh, who the district champion or champions is R in uh, District 25A. It is uh, nice to see this Jefferson team. Absolutely. The Jefferson Silver uh, Fox is actually rolling,
0: uh, looking really, really good. 21 and answer points there in the second half by Jeff over Bowie. 52-13, Jeff over Bowie in the fourth quarter. Let's head out to Alex Nicholas for an update. It's an all Riverside against Mountain View at Lobo Stadium. Let's join Alex Nicholas for an update. Alex. Under two minutes and running left here in the third quarter and Riverside leading Mountain View 56 to
6: nothing. Mountain View finally put a nice drive together their first series of the second half, a 10-play, 54-yard drive. But again, without Junior Salcedo, that offense just is not clicking. Next possession for Riverside, it would be a 49-yard touchdown run for Adrian Estrada. Estrada came into the game with 97 total tackles on the defensive side, three carries, 70 yards, and that 49-yard touchdown for Adrian Estrada. We are one twenty five left here in the third quarter. And Riverside leading Mountain View, fifty-six to nothing.
0: All right, Alex,
2: thank you so much for that update from Lobo Stadium. And that lightning paced game out at uh Andres. Yeah. Irvin Andrews, fifty four to seven. That's a final. That's a final already. They uh <laughs> running the clock, maybe. We were making fun of the, you know, the Tom Work days. Remember when they used to run the clock? Maybe yeah, that's what Andres uh, is doing. Uh, maybe. There you go. Maybe they just forgot a quarter. Whoops, where'd the third quarter go? <laughs> Andrus
0: over Irvin. That's a final 54-7. to We'll have a final report from J.D. Sursley after the break. Hey, let's head out to Coach Jaime Chavez for an update on the Eastwood Troopers hosting the Socorro Bulldogs. not sure if Eastwood scored a couple touchdowns during halftime, but they were up 63-20 at the half. Let's get an update from the coach. Coach, take it away.
8: <laughs> they're headed that way at the rate they're going Both halftime. And it's homecoming at the uh, Trooper Stadium, Eastwood. 63, Socorro 20, quarterback Andrew Martinez of Eastwood. Six touchdown passes in one half. 57, 16, 15, and two yards to Aaron Rodriguez. And he also has a 56-yard touchdown pass to Curtis Murillo. A 16-yard touchdown pass to Samuel Lopez just before the half. And uh, Martinez, brilliant numbers. He's 12 of 15, 239 yards passing, six touchdowns, and no interceptions. He's got 24 touchdown passes on the season. Samuel Lopez, he's got the touchdown runs of 55 and seven yards. He's got six carries, 70 yards rushing. And Aaron Rodriguez, six catches, 103 yards, four touchdowns, four touchdown receptions. He's got 10 touchdown receptions on the season. The scoring for Socorro, Brian Leva, the quarterback, he threw a a pair of touchdown passes to Isai Aguilar of 16 and 8 yards, and Isaiah Edgerton has an 11-yard touchdown run for the Bulldogs. Socorro is on a four-game losing streak, and they have not scored since September 9th when they defeated the El Paso High Tigers. So halftime is winding down at Cooper Stadium and homecoming activities, Eastwood, 63, Socorro, 20.
0: All right. Jaime, thank you so much. Sixty three twenty. Wow, Eastwood right there over Socorro for that halftime break. They're at halftime while Irvin Andrus has already finished. Andrus over Irvin. Guess they wanted to get out there. You know where they wanted to go? They wanted to go to the Union Draft House on Sunland Park. That's home to our post-game get-together, football season, and for all your sports watching, visit the Union Draft House. Three locations in town, west at Cimarron Plaza, east on Tierra Este, and now open off Sunland Park near the mall. 100 beers on tap, feast on the food, and stay for the
2: big game. Learn more on Facebook and Instagram at the Union Draft and save me a chair, and uh, you know uh, this from uh, our game of the week. Brandon Cohn added R.E. McKee. The Austin Panthers finally starting to exert their will. It took longer with these El Paso Tigers than it did uh, with those Burgess Mustangs a couple of weeks ago. Twenty-eight to six. Now the quarterback Fernandez scores on an eighteen-yard reverse. Okay, Brandon Cohn's going to have to explain that one. How the quarterback. <laughs> who maybe didn't line up as the quarterback scores on a on a reverse but uh yeah we'll we'll hear that one after the break but the news is Austin 20 to 6 uh they lead El Paso high doing their part to stay in that uh, what's currently what a five team first place tie as Holy of right smokes. now as burgess is sitting down on a bye
0: week you know, five teams with just one loss, but it'll be a lot less because 2-1 and one El Paso taking on 2-1 and one Austin High. So we'll have an update with Iceman Brandon Cohn just after the break from our Cisco Movers Game of the Week. You're listening to Football Friday Night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso.
1: Go back to Bo Bagley and Paul McKinnon.
0: Welcome back to Football Friday night week nine and we got a fun late game over at the sack between Eastlake and Montwood. Let's join Jeremy Carranco for an update on this exciting game at the sack. Jeremy, take it away.
4: Yeah, we have just reached the first half buzzer here at the sack and it is East Lake leading Montwood twenty-eight to zero with two seconds before the half ended. It was Sebastian Rendon hooking up with Adrian Lopez for a one yard touchdown pass to put uh, Eastlake up four scores now. And before that, Elijah Uribe, he also scored um, on a one-yard touchdown run. Hey, it's not just L.J. Martin doing it tonight, guys. Uh, Uribe wants to puts up some numbers. He's got three touchdowns. Um, So both of them putting up a show tonight for us. And let's see, for Eastlake leading the way, of course, Uribe 140 yards on 13 carries and three scores. Uh, Rendon's having a nice night, 8 out of 12 for 117 yards, and now a touchdown. A.J. Lopez, 43 yards through the air and a touchdown for Eastlake. For Montwood, it is Kevin Melendez, 3 out of 10 for 50 yards, and that's about it. He's hit Jeremiah Steve for a 30-yard pass, but they have punted the ball now four times and have turned the ball over twice. Montwood, 74 yards to East Lake's 283, was a balanced 117 in the air and 166 on the ground. So halftime at the sack, it is twenty eight zero East Lake over Montwood.
0: Jeremy, thank you so much. Boy, big first half for the Eastlake Falcons and Elijah Rebe just doing again, this time over the Montwood Rams in the late game, second game of a doubleheader. Remember earlier today, Delvai topped El Dorado 33-23, the early game at the sack. Let's sit out to the Iceman, Brandon Cohn, sitting by for an update on our Cisco Movers Game of the Week, an exciting game if you're an Austin Panthers fan, right, Brandon? Yeah, it
3: absolutely is, Bo. Four oh six to go here in the third quarter. All Austin, 30-6 to now over El Paso High at the 521 mark of the third quarter. Austin pulling more tricks out of their hat is this time quarterback Luis Fernandez scores on the 18-yard reverse play on the touchdown. Let me explain this to you. I'm going to paint the picture, Bo. Mm-hmm. So running back Wilson gets the pitch, then he gives it back to Fernandez, who then scores to the far left on the reverse play. More razzle dazzle trickery. Austin's been doing it all night long to put the Panthers up twenty-eight to six. Their defense has been relentless because just a few seconds ago at the 403 mark, Austin gets a safety after El Paso High's quarterback Chides ends up getting a bad snap, loses about 18 yards down to the one yard line. The very next play, they're in the shadow of their own goal line there. And Chidas does a smart move. He ends up stepping out of bounds. They get the safety. So Austin just relentless tonight defensively, and of course offensively, they're pulling all the tricks at this point. Four oh six to go here, third quarter, ninety first battle of the claw. Austin thirty, El Paso High six.
2: It's interesting to me, Bo, that uh, you know in his in his contest, Austin's pulled out some tricks tonight. You know, uh, Jaden Wilson threw a halfback option pass, and now now we got a, a reverse off a toss sweep that goes for another score. You know Austin, you know the reputation of nose to the grindstone, keep it simple, don't make mistakes. Uh, we're not if we don't beat you, you're going to beat yourself, but we're not going to beat ourselves. Another uh, playing some games. I don't know if they feel confident or they just know the playoffs are coming. It's time to for uh, other teams to see some stuff on tape that those Austin Panthers uh, can do, but uh, a couple of tricks tonight and uh, they both work for scores. And 30 to 6. Yeah, absolutely. 30 to 6. Austin
0: leading the El Paso High Tigers. Also in the fourth quarter over at the Sun Bowl, Jefferson Silver Foxes leading the Bowie Bears 52-21. That's an exciting one there at the Sun Bowl. Big rivalry there. And also at halftime, the Chapin Huskies lead the Bel Air Highlanders 55 to 10. We're going to take a quick break, come back with late fourth quarter action all over town. You're listening to Football Friday night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso.
1: You're listening to Football Friday Night on 600 ESPN El Paso. Let's go back to Bo Bagley and Paul McKinnon. Welcome back to Football Friday
0: Night, Week Nine edition in an early game at the Sun Bowl, a 6 p.m. kickoff. The Jefferson Silver Foxes leading the Bowie Bears 59 21 that late in the fourth quarter. Thanks to Football Friday Night reporter Ray Adalto for those updates as uh, he's working for the Bowie uh, PA office. Hmm. And uh, boy, it's been tough for the Bowie Bears tonight.
2: Yeah, Ray Adalto back in the Sun Bowl uh, behind that microphone. Uh, you know, that'd be nice to see. You know, uh, welcome back old times uh speaking of old times uh miguel rubio again into the in- end zone the senior running back as we said a couple of back-to-back 200 yard games coming in uh, well now he's tossed in a few touchdowns and who knows how many yards but uh rubio from two out as you said uh 59 to what is it 20 now? 59 21 jefferson wow is right and Jefferson looking like
0: they're going to improve to three and one in district. Speaking of three and one, the Andrus Eagles have already defeated the Irvin Rockets fifty-four to seven. Andrus improving to three and one in district, while Irvin falling to zero five. Let's go out to JD Sursley for this wrap up of Irvin and Andrus. JD,
5: yeah, Mr. Bagley, all Andrus, all night fifty-four to seven over the Irvin Rockets. Malcolm Anderson, the workhorse, he was. Five overall touchdowns, three on the ground, two in the air. Um, Eli- Elias Duncans with three passing touchdowns, uh, obviously two to Malcolm Anderson and one to T.J. Hagar. Uh, blocked punt, returned for a touchdown by Owen Bensley. He did everything. He blocked the punt and returned it for the touchdown. Uh, all Andrus and then obviously sometimes you get lucky from the heavens. Irvin uh, gets a fumble from Andrus that's just basically trying to kill the block that ended up in the goal line. So that's how they're able to get those seven points. Uh, John Nutson scored a seven-yard pass touchdown to Jonathan Chayez. But like I said, all Andrus all night. Fifty-four over Irvin
0: seven. All right, JD, thank you so much. Great job tonight. Big win for the Andrus Eagles, improving to five and six and two overall, three and one in district. While Irvin falls to two and seven.
2: Oh, and five. And just one quick check up on uh, JD's math. He's gotten it right in the past. I heard he's uh, five touchdowns, I believe I heard him say, and he said three on the ground and two on the air. And I think he's forgetting that interception return for the score. Also, Malcolm Anderson, his second straight week with interception returns for scores, had four touchdowns a week ago. And when you recheck J.D.'s math, you now have six touchdowns this week. So Malcolm Anderson, with Jeremiah Cooper uh, out injured, Uh, no Malachi Doe, has scored ten touchdowns in the last two weeks. Tonight, a W last week, a 35 34, narrow loss to the Burgess Mustangs. And huge win for the Andrews Eagles. Anderson doing
0: it on the air, doing it on the ground, and also doing it on defense. So mm. great job by the Andrews Eagles, improving to 6 and 2 overall, 3 and 1 in district. Now, time for our two minute drill brought to you by the El Paso Association of Builders. Let's go quickly through our games. First, starting with Adrian Bratis over at Lohenberg Stadium, Canateo hosting Hanks. Adrian. 10-17 left here in the fourth quarter. Can you
6: all over uh, the Hanks Knights 54-3? In this game, L.J. Martin, he's the star of the show with five touchdowns. But how about the Can defense with three turnovers, including a Jeremiah Ramos interception? Also want to mention a big forced fumble by Jesus Arillo, and they returned on that one. So, again, 5-53, excuse me, nine fifty. To go here in this game. Can Teo all over Hank's
0: 54-3? All right, Adrian, thank you for that report. From Lowenberg Stadium, let's now head out to Emperor Stadium. Join Joey Panisi for this update on Horizon hosting Isleta. Joey.
7: Yes, with 11.28 left in the fourth quarter, it is now Horizon 35 and Isleta 7. Ernie Garcia just had a beautiful 77-yard punt return for touchdown. Called back. Six fifteen 15 15-yard penalty uh garcia recently scored with 251 in the third 18-yard td run and then he scored on a 14-yard td run point afters by angel simmental he's five for five back to you with eleven twenty eight from horizon six from horizon high school it's horizon 35 this led us
0: seven all right, Joey. Thank you so much. A big lead there for the Horizon Scorpions over the Isleta Indians. Big district game there in the Far East, El Paso. Speaking of Far East, El Paso, let's head out to Mountain View, Lobo Stadium. Lobos hosting the Riverside Rangers. Get an update from Alex Nicholas. Alex, take it away.
6: Five fifty-seven left in our ball game, and Riverside has hung seventy on Mountain View as they lead Mountain View seventy to nothing. The last two scoring plays, all done by Angel Munoz. Munoz with a 42-yard scramble. That's one you've got to watch on the highlights tonight. And then this last touchdown was a 29-yard touchdown pass to Diego Cardenas at the 557 mark is where we're at. 557 left in the ballgame. Riverside all over Mountain View, 70 to nothing.
0: Woo, 70 points once again for the Riverside Rangers. That's not the first time they've done it. I think that's the third time they've done it this year.
2: And we should ask them if they had a running clock.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Kneel down, please. Speaking of 70, the Eastwood Troopers are knocking on the door, scoring 70 over the Socorro Bulldogs. Let's head out to Coach Jaime Chavez for an update on the Troopers and the Bulldogs. 735.
8: 735 left in the third quarter. It is Eastwood 63, Socorro 20. Andrew Martinez, a quarterback, six touchdown passes, four of those to Aaron Rodriguez. And he's got the Martinez got 24 touchdown passes on the season. He's 13 of 16, 251 yards passing, six touchdowns, no interceptions, seven tens up in the third quarter at Cooper Stadium. Eastwood, they've got the ball in the one-yard line. It's Eastwood, 63, Socorro, 20.
0: All right, Coach, thank you so much. 63-20, Eastwood still up big over the
2: Socorro Bulldogs. Last check, it was uh, – sorry, Paul, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, looking at, this, at the standings, Eastwood with, with a big lead, look at them move to 2-3 and three in uh, District 16A. Montwood on their way to uh, drop into 1-4. Uh, and four. Coronado, of course, fell to 1-4 and four last night. Socorro winless in the district. Americas dropped to 3-2 and two with their loss. Uh, East Lake looking to move to four and one, which will put them in a tie second place tie in that district with Pebble Hills, one game back of uh, the Franklin Cougars. So, uh, just illustrating that uh, America's at three and two, currently sitting fourth place in the district, and uh, Eastwood just a game back at two and three. So, uh, likely uh, you don't want to give Franklin a win over America's next week. Uh, you know that could change things. But America's without their their top running back uh, Caesar Drennan, they're going to have their hands full. Eastwood Americas likely looks like uh, the playoff elimination game at the end of the season. Eastwood doing their part tonight, with, as you just heard from Jaime Chavez, a huge lead over winless in the district. One win on the season, Socorro. Absolutely.
0: And uh, once again, East Lake leading Mottwood at halftime, 28 nothing. So Eastlake looking to improve to 4-1 there. And also last night in district one 6 A Pebble Hills topped America's 57-20, and Franklin topped Coronado 48-0. Let's head out to our Cisco Movers Game of the Week. Get an update from the Iceman, Brandon Cohn on El Paso High in Austin. Brandon.
3: 45 seconds left here in the third quarter. All Austin, 30-6 over El Paso High. Austin just attempted a 37-yard field goal, but it was blocked. Jaden Wilson story of the night, 30 carries, 228 yards, including three touchdowns, two rushing, one passing. We have 40 seconds left in the third quarter of our Cisco Movers Game of the Week. Austin 30, El Paso High 6.
0: Our Brandon, thank you so much. Also, it's a final. Uh, J.D. Sursley on the call. Andrus topped Irvin 54-7. Earlier today, Del Valle topped El Dorado 33-23. And at last check at the Sun Bowl... Jefferson Silver Foxes leading the Bowie Bears 59-21. Yeah,
2: and that one's just gone final. array. Adalto tells us 59-21, the final score, Jeff. Still with just one win in uh, one loss in that district, uh, Austin and Andrews still left to play. Should be fun. Absolutely. Final 59-21. Jeff over Bowie.
0: Jefferson improves to six and two overall. Great job out there by Tony Martinez at Jefferson High School. But more importantly, three and one in district. Well, Bowie falls to one and eight, one and four in district. Next week, gonna be a fun one out here. Let's see. The Jefferson Silver Foxes. What they're going to host the Austin Panthers. That could vie for our game of the week right there. That should be a fun one as Austin leads big over El Paso High, 30-6. to six. We're going to take a break here on Football Friday Night. Join the roundup, the late fourth quarter action. You're listening to Football Friday Night on 600 ESPN El Paso. Welcome back to Football Friday Night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. A fun one that I want to talk about a little bit. Mauricio Gutierrez, the original Jefferson High School quarterback. This is via Twitter. From 1949, Mauricio Gutierrez is taking in the action at the Sun Bowl watching his Silver Foxes defeat the Bowie Bears 59-21. That's kind of content we're here for. We love the fact that Players like this, former players, alumni from Jefferson, Bowie, El Paso High, Austin, always seem to come back and enjoy the games. And it's great to see him at the Sun Bowl enjoying a Silver Fox victory tonight.
2: And a smart dude as well. He knows, hey, my Jefferson, they're the goods this year. This is going to be a fun to watch. I know anytime, you know, rarely I go somewhere. But, uh, you know, like tonight, my Red Sox, I wouldn't go <laughs> watch this Houston game. <laughs> yeah. But uh, when, when I know they got a shot, man, I want to go see those guys. Absolutely. And Jefferson topping Bowie tonight, 59-21.
0: Jefferson proving to 6-2 overall. 3-1 and in district, and more importantly, and it looks like in our Cisco Movers game of the week, that Austin is going to defeat El Paso. We'll head out to Brandon Cohn in just a moment. But next week, Jefferson will host the Austin Panthers, and that's going to be an exciting one. You would like to think that the way Austin's playing, maybe Austin might be a little bit tougher here, but Jefferson tonight, 59 points, a
2: steady improvement for the Silver Foxes this season. And I think that's the most exciting part. We have two teams that are at the tops of their games. Uh, Jeff playing well. As you said, I don't know if there's a better team in the district right now than Austin. Uh, They've been – they had a down period. I think uh, they had Goddard in and and looked bad against them. Uh, A couple of games, uh, was it Chapin that surprised them? And you're like, you know, what's happened to these guys? But, boy, they've – gotten it back together and again good good coaching Eric Pichardo though stands out as a good coach there's a few of them I you know I like the job that uh, Frankie Martinez at Eldorado has done Uh, those guys for about a month had fallen and looked like they couldn't get up and all of a sudden they turned things around you know a few straight wins that was interrupted but they looked uh, pretty good tonight in a loss but I mean uh, the, the, the teams that uh, overcome adversity, and I think Austin did that, and, man, it looks like they're stronger on the other side and even comfortable tonight, as we said, breaking out the tricks against El Paso High, a couple of uh, uh, gimmick plays, stick plays, as our Brandon Cohn likes to call them, uh, for scores. Uh, Austin's playing their best. I think Jeff is at well uh, after stubbing their toe in a, in a close loss uh, versus Burgess to open the district season. Very much so. So, once again,
0: Jefferson topping Bowie tonight, 59-21, that game at the Sun Bowl. <clears throat> Let's head out to our Cisco Movers Game of the Week and join Brandon Cohn for an update on El Paso High and Austin. Brandon. 9.33 left
3: here at this contrast. Uh, all Austin, 30-6 to 6 over El Paso High. Again, it's been the Jaden Wilson show for the Panthers. He's had a stunning night, 30 carries, over 200 yards on the ground, and three touchdowns, including a passing touchdown on a shtick play in the first half. And worth noting that El Paso High is finally getting something going late. As their quarterback, Jerry Chidas, quietly having a good evening. 18 attempts, 18 out of 30 for 186 yards. He just had a nice 30-yard scamper to get the Tigers down to the 5-yard line. But a little too little too late, perhaps, at this point for El Paso High. We have 933 left in this contest. 91st battle over for the Claw, and it's all... Austin thirty to six
0: over El Paso High. Ice man, thank you so much. Thirty to six, Austin leading El Paso High. So sure looks like that we're gonna have that showdown of three and one teams next week. Austin High Panthers at the Jefferson Silver Foxes at Silver Fox Stadium. Both teams would be three and one in district. Should be a fun one there. Let's head out to another fun one if you're an East Lake trooper, a East Eastlake Falcons fan. Eastlake taking on Montwood at the sack. At halftime, it was 28-0 Falcons over the Rams. Let's join Jeremy Caronco for an update on this game, late game at the sack.
4: 10-57 left to go, third quarter. And as you guys are greening me on, it is Adrian Lopez catching a 38-yard touchdown pass from Sebastian Rendon. Right now, uh, the Falcons on a two-point attempt. Rendon on his left side, throwing to the end zone incomplete. So, uh, a missed uh, extra point there. I'm not sure what happened for Eastlake there. But 34 now to zero. Eastlake leading Montwood 10-57 third quarter, as I mentioned. A 38-yard touchdown pass. Catch from Adrian Lopez, Sebastian Rendon, both of them hooking up there. Two touchdowns for the pair again tonight. Um, and looking at, at, speaking of the Falcons, Uribe, uh, we mentioned three touchdowns, 140 yards on 13 carries. Seems like he's just going to be used for situational purposes now for the rest of this game. As Jeremiah Escamilla is now um, taking the reins in the in the field for the Eastlake Falcons. A, a precious uh, player there. You don't want to risk injuring him with the lead now. Uh, so we got 10-57. Left to go third quarter, Eastlake, another
2: score 34-0 to over Montwood. Yeah, and Bo, I would say, especially coming off that 45-carry game a week ago, whatever it was, 291 yards, seven rushing touchdowns, one touchdown reception. Yeah, Uribe deserves a, an early night off. He just he, he reminds me of uh, uh, the Coronado kid from a few years back, Dominic Varela. When the Thunderbirds got a little in trouble, they brought him, o- brought him over from the defensive side of the football, uh, nose tackle slash linebacker. And other teams, they just couldn't stop him. They would hit him, and he would just keep going. And that's kind of who Elijah Uribe is as well. Uh, A little more nifty than, than Varela. You know, he can make moves and has a couple of spin moves in the open field, so he's hard to square up. But once you hit him, he's going to carry another three or four yards. And, you know, you gang tackle, everybody runs to the ball early in that first quarter, and maybe you can slow these guys down. But second quarter, third quarter, especially fourth quarter nobody wants to run to that football and try and make that tackle anymore he and that uh, Eastlake offense just wear you down that's why i said it's important you got to jump on these guys early make them uh, chase you uh, on the scoreboard uh, that is and if you don't do that you know at least uh, the teams in this town you're going to have an issue with these guys Absolutely. 34-0
0: Eastlake over Montwood. That game in the third quarter. Also uh, late in the game, Chapin all over Bel Air. 62-13. That game at Highlander Stadium. Hey, let's head out to Canateo's Julius and Irene lohenberg Stadium for an update on Canateo hosting Hanks. This was the L.J. Martin Show. Let's join Adrian Broadus for an update. Adrian
6: with 226 left here in the game the candy teo Eagles trying to run out the clock against the hanks Knights LJ martin stepping in a little playing a little quarterback right now he's got 18 carries tonight for 360 rushing yards and five touchdowns in this evening uh just 209 left here to go uh, candy teo trying to run out the clock up 54 to 10 against hanks
0: Adrian, thank you so much. Boy, L.J. Martin show. And remember, he had 320 yards at halftime, so just 40 yards in the second half. You could tell they put the brakes on them. I'm surprised he's
2: still even in the game at this <laughs> point,
0: playing quarterback, though.
2: Yeah, I, uh, the mark for the season anyway, remember, it was Ernie Garcia week two four. I want to say, 429. I'm sure that's wrong. But, uh, yeah, the only 400-yard rusher this year, Garcia did that week two against Bowie, so. Not shooting for that. No, no. Yeah, at all. that's that's not Coach Brooks and uh, no. that's not the way they used LJ Martin all year long. Ab- absolutely. He, he could be well over two thousand yards this season if if that's what they were looking to do. They they have bigger goals than those. Absolutely. Speaking of bigger goals, the Horizon Scorpions
0: looking to improve to two and zero in wow. district. Let's head out to Joey Panisi for an update on Isletta and Horizon. Joey.
7: Guess what? Three minutes and forty-five seconds left in the fourth quarter. It's Horizon forty two. Atleta seven. Boys, I've been talking about Jacob Quijas and Ernie Gar- Garcia, and I just wish you guys could watch these two boys play. Let me tell you about Quijas. He's had four twenty plus yard runs nullified. A twenty-two yard T D scramble up the middle, nullified, but he wouldn't say die. He was lit- he was hit late uh, a few a few plays ago and was rattled. I saw Coach Paolo talking to him, Melendez, and saying he wanted to rest him. And I watched the boy shake his head and say, I want to go back in. Well, what he did was he went in, took over on the 50-yard line. It was a bad snap down on the carpet. He picked it up and scrambled 50 yards for a touchdown. This kid is unreal. So, with 254, I'll have a wrap for you and give you some stats on the other players. Um, 42-7, with 246 left in the fourth quarter, Horizon leads Asleta, 42-7.
0: Joey, thank you so much. Appreciate that. That game winding down. Horizon going to improve to 4-4 and overall, 2-0 and in district. Wow. Could they really make a run for the district title, you think, in this one?
2: If uh, they keep that O
0: for another couple of weeks, uh, yeah, <laughs> never know. They're, they're definitely
2: making a run.
0: The, you know, so uh, let's head out to Riverside and Mountain View. This game has been all Riverside in 4A, as we expected. But, boy, do the Riverside Rangers playing well. Let's join Alex Nicholas for an update. Alex. No overlooking
6: tonight or no trap game for Riverside as they defeat Mountain View 70 to nothing. That's now a four game winning streak for Gary Recorder and the Rangers as they pick up their 285th win in school history. During this four game winning streak, they have averaged 66 points per game. Both mentioned that 70, uh, 70 point game they put up on Alpine just a few weeks ago. Uh, Just looking at a couple of the numbers comparing here, uh, 536 total yards for uh, the Riverside Rangers, 124 Mountain View after they had just two first downs and two total yards in that opening half. Riverside finishing with 22 first downs, 10 first downs for the Mountain View Lobos. Angel Munoz, the star quarterback, Angel Speedy Munoz, lived up to that name tonight. 7 of 13, passing 187 yards. Four touchdowns through the air, 142 rushing yards. That puts him now at 33 total touchdowns for the season if you combine his rushing and passing totals. Jose, Jose Guardado, eight carries, 85 yards, four touchdowns, all done in the first half. No Guardado in the second half. Obviously, uh, Coach Recorder trying to save that the, his talented back for some important games coming up, which would be next week against Clint as Riverside improves to 8-1 and one overall, 3-0 and oh in district, and they defeat Mountain View tonight. 70 to
0: nothing. All right, Alex, thank you so much. Great job tonight, boys. 70 points for the Riverside Rangers. Alex, we'll see you at our post-game, post-game get-together spot. That's the Union Draft House on Sunland Park. this football season. For all your sports watching, visit the Union Draft House. Three locations in town west at Cimarron Plaza, east on Tierra Este, and now open off Sunland Park near Sunland Park Mall. What a game for the Riverside Rangers, improving to 7-0. and I'm I should say eight and one, three and zero in district, and looking every bit the part of a district champs,
2: and getting better all the time. This is not the same Riverside team from the first month. You know they're winning games against uh, you know a poor schedule, and yeah, okay, Riverside, good for them. You know maybe they have a shot at one 4 a this year. Well, uh, they look like the big dogs now. They've. Put it into an extra gear over the last uh, four or five weeks. Interesting, uh, Guardado gets a little short shift. Uh, eight, Just eight carries on the night once the game's in hand. Pull him out of the contest. Remember, it was either week four or week five. They sat him down completely. So maybe some uh, nagging injuries that that state may still be nipping at his uh, heels in a sense. Uh, so maybe they're just nursing this kid along. Use him when they need him. And, you know, that that need doesn't last very long uh, for these Riverside Rangers recently. And then they can uh, sit him down for the rest of the night and maybe let him heal up uh, for for the next week coming and for the playoffs that are definitely in Riverside's future. Absolutely. And Riverside
0: gets Clint next week, a fun one. So <laughs> Riverside put up 70. Speaking of 70, the Chapin Huskies, nearly 70 over Bel Air lead Bel Air 69-20 with seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter at Highlander Stadium. Speaking of 70, Eastwood has to be by 70 now, had 63 points at halftime. Let's join the coach, Jaime Chavez, for an update on Eastwood and Socorro. Coach.
8: 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter. It is now Eastwood, 77, Socorro 20. And uh, Eastwood head coach, Julio Lopez, has called off the dogs, and they're still scoring. New quarterback for the Troopers, uh, a uh, junior backup, Jace Molden, 6'3", 200 pounds. He just fired an 11-yard touchdown pass to George Sustaita. Molden, 6'3", 200 yards, and he directed a 7 place, 70-yard scoring drive. And also a backup, Luca Gandara, added a one-yard touchdown run for the Troopers. And for quarterback uh, Andrew Martinez, his night is done, and he had a great night, six touchdown passes. And four of those to uh, Aaron Rodriguez, 57, 16, 15, and two yards. And Martinez was 13 of 16 for 251 yards passing, six touchdowns, no interceptions. He also threw uh, two more touchdown passes to Curtis Murillo, 56 yards, and Samuel Lopez also caught a 16-yard touchdown pass from Martinez. Lopez also had two touchdown runs of 55 and 7 yards. He had eight carries and 95 yards rushing. Andrew Flores, the Eastwood linebacker, a 41-yard tumble return for a touchdown. And Martinez, 24 passing touchdowns on the season. The scoring for Socorro, Brian Leva, two touchdown passes to Isaiah Aguilar of 16 and 8 yards, and also Isaiah Edgerton had an 11-yard touchdown run for the Bulldogs in the second quarter. We've still got plenty of time with 10.03 uh, left in the fourth quarter at Trooper Stadium. It's all Eastwood, and it's homecoming for Eastwood. Eastwood, 77, so 20
2: and Bo eastwood surpasses their seasonal scoring mark remember they beat go. remember they put it on hanks week yep. 2 75 to 27 i think it was and they're putting our Jaime Chavez to the test. You know, Jaime, he knows that uh, radio is a tune-in, tune-out uh, uh, medium where, you know, you know, maybe people listening now haven't heard the rest of the night. He likes to review what's been going on. Well, for Jaime to review what's already happened in this contest, it's going to take, uh, you know, he's trying to fit about three, three and a half minutes into a 45-second into a report. So, uh, you know, good for Jaime.
1: Absolutely. And,
2: you know, they may not be done yet. The highest scoring game I, I, I ever witnessed was a uh, Burgess Austin, eighty-seven to fifty-six final. So, and that's that's always my benchmark when you add the points together at the end. And uh, you know, I, I like. Being able to say oh, I was I was at the highest scoring game, so I get a little nervous when these these things start getting into the seventies or so. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Eastwood seventy seven twenty. Wow. Jaime
0: Chavez on the call. Thank you, Coach. Hey, let's head up. We got a final at Lowenberg Stadium between the Hanks Knights and the Canitio Eagles. So out to Adrian Bratis for a wrap up of Canitio and Hanks. Adrian,
6: that's right. It's all over here, guys. Canitio with a big fifty four ten victory over the Hanks Knights. L.J. Martin, a career day, 19 carries, 372 unofficially, and five total touchdowns, including a 95-yard touchdown uh, for him tonight. There was three turnovers that the Canisino Eagles capitalized off defensively. Isaiah Chavez with an interception tonight. Jesus Carrillo with a fumble recovery in this one, along with Jeremiah Ramos, who picked off uh, the quarterback for Hank Knight. Speaking of the quarterback, Marcus Porras, in this game, 150-plus, but it was really Adalias Coleman who uh, stood out for the Hanks Knights on offense. He had a he had over 75 yards of receiving, including an 11-yard touchdown catch. Xavier Johnson struggled on the ground for the Hanks Knights, couldn't get anything really going for this run game. Canyon Gia now improves to 8-1 and on the season, 3-0 and in district play, heading into a bye week. They'll close out their district slate against Horizon on November 5th. While the Hank Knight, Hank Knights they fall to one and seven on the year zero oh, and two in district play and they'll take on the Horizon Scorpions next week so uh, that will, that'll do it for me out here as Teo tops Hank's fifty four to ten.
2: And, all right, Adrian, thank you. And Bo, one out of town score this one from Houston. All done in the ALCS, the Astros oh. shut out the Bo Sox five to nothing, win three straight games. Houston going back to the World Series waiting on your Dodgers and those Atlanta Braves I, to figure out the NL side I would
0: absolutely love to see a Houston Dodgers uh World Series recap. Again.
2: and Kershaw again. throws at everybody's heads right oh that somebody's got to tell that guy uh, to stop complaining unfortunately,
0: Joe Kelly is is hurt so he won't be pitching oh there. love if love it, Joe if Kelly if the Dodgers got there either but hey still uh still lots to come in baseball Atlanta and LA tomorrow night should be a fun one hey let's head out to our Cisco movers Game of the week at an update from Brandon Cohn on El Paso High and Austin. Brandon.
3: 3.39 left in this one, and it's all but an almost 4 foregone conclusion. Is Austin with a 30 to 6 lead over El Paso High, and certainly the Panthers dominating on the ground throughout this game. As we mentioned, it's three touchdowns for Jaden Wilson, including one passing touchdown in the first half. Well over 200 yards on the ground for Wilson. And in this quarter in particular, they've also been utilizing Sergio Rodriguez, who has uh, been running all over the uh, El Paso High Tigers. Ten carries for him for 70 yards as well. El Paso, uh, Austin, now they're just trying to run out the clock at this point. 316 remaining in this contest. And it's Austin, 30, El Paso High,
0: all right, Brandon, thank you very much. 30-6, uh, to 6, the Battle of the Claw. Looked like it's going to go Austin's way, improving to 3-1, and but three and a half minutes to go there. Hey, let's join Joey Panisi. Looks like we're wrapping up uh, Isleta and Horizon. That should be winding now. Let's go to Joey for an update on Isleta and Horizon. Joey. Yes,
7: final score from Horizon Stadium, Horizon 42. Isleta, seven, as if the score wasn't bad enough. The, the details of the statistics are even worse. Let's look at total offense. Horizon, 358 yards rushing, 209 yards passing, 567 yards total offense. Isleta, 91 yards passing, 52 yards rushing for a total of 143 total yards on offense. Um, it was the Jacob or Ernie Garcia show from Horizon. Uh, Jacob was 9 for 14 for 209 yards. Uh, That put him over the 1,000-yard mark for the year. Um, He's up to 1,098 yards now. Uh, He had 12 carries tonight for 136 yards, and he rushed for another touchdown. And Ernie, let me tell you about Ernie. They punted late in the game, and the ball was squibbling down deep into uh, Horizon's territory. Forrest Letta kids were ready to down it. Ernie snatched it out from between all four of them, ran right up the middle for a 25-yard gain. The kid is just unbelievable. He'll find a way to hurt you. Uh, He's up to 17 touchdowns for the year, four tonight. He rushed for 153 yards. That's his sixth 100-plus-yard rushing game. And let's give a little credit to the kicker. Uh, Angel Pimentel was a perfect six for six. And, well, let's see what happens next week. Um... Athletic came in. Here's a funny note. They're four and one on the road. Oh, and three at home. So they came into horizon tonight. And one of the coaches was telling me, Hey, we should win this game. We're better on the road than we are at home. Well, they better pick it up because next week, let's see, where do they go next week? Next week, they're home versus Parkland and Parkland's going to be hungry for a win. Hopefully for them, they can uh, break that losing streak at home because they definitely need it going into the playoffs. Um Horizon now evens its record to four and four, they're two and zero in district. And next week they head to Hanks to take on the Hanks Knights. Uh, should they beat them, it'll set up the big showdown, last game of the year versus Kenya T O. So sending it back to you guys from Horizon Stadium, final score the Horizon Scorpions forty two, the Atleta Indians
0: seven. All right, Joey. Thank you so much. Forty-two to seven. Horizon over his a Horizon two zero in district. Wow, they improved to four and four overall. Big win for the Scorpions. Joey, we'll see you at our post game spot, Union Draft House on Sunland Park. Boy, what an exciting night for the Horizon Scorpions! But exciting night if you're a fan of blowouts tonight. Blowouts all over the city, and we have another one at the sack, The late game of a doubleheader between East Lake and Montwood. Let's head out to Jeremy Caraco for an update on the Rams and the Falcons. Jeremy. Yeah,
4: 523 left to go in the fourth quarter. It is now East Lake 47 and Montwood 0. Guys, if we talk about nights, we remember Paul has his nights. I'm fairly new into um, <laughs> this is my third year here, and uh, I think I'm going to remember this one, especially when it's my third straight shutout game. But we'll take it, I guess, East Lake, I get to see a very, very, very good balanced team. Uh, East Lake Anthony. This turned from the Eliza Rebe show guys to the Sebastian Rendon and Adrian Lopez show. Three touchdowns for the pair tonight: a 20-yard touchdown, a 38-yard touchdown, and a one-yard touchdown. The 20-yarder came about a minute ago, and Anthony Moreno he gets in a one-yard score. Uh, total yards three three seventy eight for East Lake to just 81 for Montwood Montwood without their stars really really hurting offensively and three straight turnovers now for the Rams. So 5-12, third quarter, Eastlake 47, and Montwood 0.
0: Wow. Another one. I'm talking about blowouts, 47 East Eastlake over Montwood right now. We have a final from Highlander Stadium. The Chapin Huskies top the Bel Air Highlanders 69-27. So a big win. We're talking 70 points all over the board. It's either, wow, these offenses are great, or where's the defense? Where's everything? What's going on here? So, what a game all over. Speaking of 70, last check, it was Eastwood with 77 points tonight over the Socorro Bulldogs. Let's head out to Coach Jaime Chavez for an update from Trooper Stadium. Coach?
8: Oh, how about the 80s? Five fifty-three left in the fourth quarter. It is now Eastwood, 84. And Socorro 20, Robert McIntyre, another backup for Eastwood, just had a 38-yard touchdown run. Andrew Martinez, the starting quarterback, in three and a half quarters of play tonight. Six of those, six touchdown passes, and four of those to Aaron Rodriguez. Rodriguez tonight, six, uh, six receptions, 103 yards, and uh, four touchdowns. Martinez, 13 of 16, 251 yards, 60 TDs, and no interceptions. Samuel Lopez, he caught a 16-yard touchdown pass from uh, Martínez and he had touchdown runs of 55 and 7 yards. Lopez eight carries tonight, 95 yards rushing and we've got 5:49 left on the clock in the fourth quarter and once again Eastwood has moved into Socorro territory and with yeah, 5:49 left in the fourth quarter, Eastwood 84, Socorro 20.
0: Coach, thank you so much. Great job there. Uh 8420.
2: Yeah, uh, wow. I I don't
0: what was that scoring record? You the game you were at again?
2: Eighty-seven to fifty-six. Okay, so, put in the freshman team. Total points. Total points. Uh, That's okay. what we're going with. So <laughs> yeah, eighty-seven looks like it. it. might be about to go. Oh my god! Uh, I, I think we probably enjoyed the '80s better than uh, Socorro is tonight. Yeah, you know absolutely. what? Absolutely. The The Terminator flicks. Uh, I think oh Aliens god. was in the '80s.
0: Uh, there you go. Uh, yeah. Anything. Anything. with Malls. You can go. Go to the mall. Speaking of the mall, Union Draft House at Sunland Park there you Mall. Go. There. there (laughs) That's a great 80 spot. and a lot of fun to go talk about all the high scoring games you want with all your football Friday night reporters should be a lot of fun. Hey, let's head out to our Cisco movers game of the week and an update from El Paso high in Austin. As that game is winding down at R.E. McKee stadium, Brandon, take it away. It's a
3: final. The 91st battle for the claw is in the books as Austin is victorious. 30 to six over El Paso high. The Panthers moved to five and three on the season. 3-1 3-1 and in District 25 a Division 2. Next, they will have an epic showdown at Jefferson on the 29th of October. That should be a darn good game. Next Friday night, their star running back, Jaden Wilson, 30 carries, 228 yards, three touchdowns, including two rushing and one passing TD. Also, their running back, Sergio Rodriguez, good night for him. 10 carries, 69 yards, key contributor on defense as well for Rodriguez. Why not Sebastian Morales, a touchdown reception, and quarterback Luis Fernandez did score a touchdown and the defense did register a safety. El Paso high with the defeat. They moved to three and five, two and two in District two five eight division two. Quarterback Jerry Chaitas, eighteen of 30, 186 yards, one touchdown, an interception, a couple fumbles. Whiteout Christian Carrillo, five receptions, eighty-two yards. Wideout George Ariola, three receptions, forty-eight yards, and running back. Pedro Chavez, 25-yard touchdown reception. A stellar defensive performance as well for the Panthers as they pressured Chides all night long. It's a final from historic R.E. McKee Stadium on the campus of Austin High School. The Panthers win this one 30-6 over El Paso High.
0: All right, Brandon, thank you so much. Big win for the Austin Panthers in the Battle of the Claw, which started in 1960, but that rivalry started in 1920. Uh, 1930. Uh, What a game. Fifth oldest rivalry in the state of Texas. And tonight it belongs to Austin. 30 to 6. I'm trying to think and do the math in my head. That is uh, 1920. <laughs> and I, and I'm trying to do
2: everything. What right. math are you doing over I, I, there?
0: I, I'm trying to see what's long. What, what, who has more? Uh, Eastwood's amount of points or the length of this rivalry.
2: <laughs>
0: but well,
2: I can tell you who's going to have the longer by the time the night's done.
0: Once again, finals from around the area. Jefferson over Bowie, 59-21. Centennial up in the Land of Enchantment, their fourth district title. They top Hobbs, 35-18. Chapin all over Bel Air, 69-27. Earlier today, Divide topped El Dorado, 33-23. Andris all over Irvin. It's a final, 54-7. Canetillo topped Hanks 54-10. Horizon all over his a 42-7. And Riverside topping Mountain View 70-7. A couple other games still in action. We'll have those finals from Coach Jaime Chavez and from Jeremy Caronco at the sack. You're listening to Football Friday Day. We'll take a break and have a wrap-up next on 600 ESPN El Paso. Welcome back to Football Friday Night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso and our Cisco Movers Game of the Week. The Austin Panthers victorious over their rivals, the El Paso High Tigers, 30-6. Austin improves to 3-1 and a big showdown with Jefferson next week. Jefferson also 3-1 after a 59-21 win over the Bowie Bears. So Jefferson 6-2 overall. Austin 5 and 3 should be a great game next week at Silver Fox Stadium. In other action, the Andrus Eagles topping the Irvin Rockets 54 7. Chapin all over Bel Air 69 27. Delvi topping Eldorado 33 23. Kenneth all over Hanks 54 10. Horizon topping. Isleta, 42-7. Horizon now 2-0 in district. The Riverside Rangers down in 4A. Topping Mountain View 70 nothing. Whoa. Also in 4A, the Fabens Wildcats. A big win over Sanelli. It's a final. Fabens defeating Sanelli 29-14. Elsewhere, Socorro and Eastwood and Eastlake and Mottwood all still in action. Let's head out to the coach. Oh, actually, let's go out to Paul McKinnon right now for our Longhorn Distributing
2: out-of-town scoreboard. Paul. Ooh, thanks. You caught me reading. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, out-of-town scoreboard. Midland Legacy takes care of a uh, little sister. Midland, 43-21 final. They moved to 4-0 on the, in the uh, district season. 7-1 overall. Uh, Permian, 21-7 over San Angelo Central. Uh, Permian moves to seven and two, four and one in the district. Central does not four and four. They are uh, to five a. Amarillo test goes to the beast of that district, sixty to twelve all over Monterey. They move to five and one, we well undefe- and remain undefe- undefeated. Seven eight and one. Excuse me, I can't read my own writing. Five and zero in that district. Uh, elsewhere, Lubbock Coronado all over Caprock. forty nine to fourteen as they even their record four and four, three and one. On the district season, uh, Lubbock Cooper 37 to 10, last score we had over Wichita Falls. They're gonna hold on and stay undefeated, seven and one of the season. Of course, the big win over Ryder a week ago. Cooper uh, riding the, the high wave. Speaking of Ryder, 28 to seven over Plainview, that was a halftime score. I'm sure uh, that held up. Uh, this one in the books, Abilene Wiley, bit of an upset, 16 to 13. They beat Canyon Randall. Canyon Randall fall, falls to five and three. Their first loss in the district. Two and one. Wiley gets their first win. Three and five. One and two. With that victory, Big Spring over Andrews a bit of an upset but really the way Andrews is playing this year and the way Big Spring is playing uh, maybe not such a surprise. 48 to nine, 48 to 17 that final Big Spring moves to five and two Andrews two and six on the year that is the district opener for both teams. In fact the whole district because a real thriller uh, among last year's best team and last year's worst team. Fort Stockton and Lakeview told you that one was tied at 21. Ends up 35 to 22. Fort Stockton holds on, trying for a second straight district title. They move to seven and one on the season. Lakeview falls to two and six. Of course, one and zero and zero and one. And Bo Bagley. That is your out of town scoreboard. Brought to
0: you by Longhorn Distributing, the only hot seat dealer in West Texas and Southern New Mexico. Your source for cleaning equipment, service, and supplies. Longhorn Distributing. We have our Land of Enchantment, New Mexico scoreboard out the field of dreams. Centennial tops Hobbs thirty five eighteen, earning their fourth district title in school history. Oregon Mountain, the Knights fall at Carlsbad thirty four twenty. Deming tops Chaparral fifty to nothing. And Anthony topping the Compass Academy Cougars out of Odessa, sixty-three to six. Anthony improving to five and four overall, two and one in district. Way to go, Anthony Wildcats! Now let's head out to Trooper Stadium. Or, Paul, you got something here? Uh,
2: no, let's get out to Trooper <laughs> Stadium. <laughs> I'm with, I'm with you.
0: Let's end, let's end this game. Eastwood in Socorro. Let's head out to Trooper Stadium. Join the coach Jaime Chavez for an update on Socorro and Eastwood, coach
8: oh this one ends mercifully eastwood 84 socorro 20 eastwood seven touchdowns through the air tonight four rushing touchdowns and a touchdown from a fumble recovery return and the big story quarterback andrew martinez six touchdown passes he was uh, 13 of 16 251 yards passing six touchdowns and no interceptions in three and a half quarters of play and his top target Four of those touchdown passes to Aaron Rodriguez. Rodriguez, six receptions, 103 yards, and the four TDs. Samuel Lopez, he led, he led all the rushers tonight, everybody in, in uh, running. Eight carries, 95 yards rushing. He had touchdown runs of 55 and 7 yards, and also a 16-yard TD reception. And the scoring for Socorro, Brian Leva two touchdown passes of 16 and 8 yards to Isai Aguilar and Isaiah Edgerton had an 11-yard touchdown run for the Bulldogs and Socorro had not scored since September 9th when they beat El Paso High. The Bulldogs are on a five-game losing streak. Now, Eastwood is still in the hunt uh, in the playoff hunt in District 16A. They improved to 4 and 4 overall, 2 and 3 in district. They'll be at Coronado next week. Socorro, it gets even tougher. They're 1 and 7 uh, overall, 0 oh and 5 in district next week, next Thursday. They'll host Eastlake. The final once again from Trooper Stadium. A happy homecoming for Eastwood. Eastwood, 84. Socorro,
2: 20. And, Bo, now I can tell you what I've been staring at my phone for about the last five minutes. Eastwood's 84-20 win over Socorro means they match the, what was then 5A, in other words, the top level of football in El Paso. 5A at the time, now it's 6A. They have equaled. What the Socorro Bulldogs did. Socorro tonight, they did it to Parkland back in 1988 Woo, when both were 5As. Remember, okay. Socorro wasn't always uh, the team you know we've currently seen over recent years. They had a five-year run where they were district champs. And uh, they put 84 points on Parkland, as I said, back in 1988. Uh, the most points in 6A or 5A. 88 by Eulis Trinity. That in 2010 against Flower Mound. And uh, the 87 I saw, Bel Air and and Austin, they were both 4A teams at those times. But, you know, now that I think about it, I might have seen the Socorro-Parkland game. I remember seeing Socorro-Parkland when Socorro was terrific, Parkland not so much. And the Socorro Bulldogs, three times in a row, onside kicked after a score. Wow. And recovered the ball, and the Parkland Matadors did not like it. 200 yards of penalties on the Matadors as they started taking cheap shots and I would say deservedly so, oh, throughout the second half. So Socorro was putting up the points. Parkland was dealing out the bruises, <laughs> most of them coming after the whistle. And that's what happens when you're up 42 points, 42 to nothing, and you're still onside kicking.
0: Wow, amazing. And, uh, and now it's all in the history books. As ah. What a game between Socorro and Parkland back in the day. Jim Carson. All right, uh, final eighty four twenty Eastwood over Socorro. Thank you, Coach. Coach, we'll see you at the Union Draft House on Sunland Park. Anybody all come and come and meet us and let's all talk some high school football because we have some lot of blowouts and a lot of points to talk about tonight. East Lake and Montwood still under its fifty to nothing. East Lake over Montwood at the start of the fourth quarter. We'll get we'll take a break. We'll get one last wrap up from Jeremy Carranko and we'll take a look at next week's games and what do you think might be our Cisco Movers game of the week? We'll talk about it next. You're listening to Football Friday Night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Welcome back to Football Friday Night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. As we wrap down the night, one game still in action. We'll head out to the sack in just a moment. First, hear your final scores from Week 9 on this Friday night from our Cisco Movers game of the night. It's El Paso High in Austin. The Austin Panthers defeat the Tigers 30-6. to Elsewhere in that district, Andrus tops Irvin 54-7. And the Jefferson Silver Foxes top the Bowie Bears 59-21, setting up an exciting showdown between 3-1 teams Jefferson and Andrus next week. I should say, no, 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 Jefferson and Austin next week. Right. Both teams 3-1 in district. Elsewhere, Del Valle topped El Dorado 33-23. Chapin topping Bel Air 69-27. The Canuteal Eagles topping the Hanks Knights 54-10. Horizon all over Azleta 42-7. Riverside topping Mountain View 70-0. The Fabins Wildcats defeating the San Eli Eagles 29-14. Socorro and Eastwood. Eastwood all over Socorro 84-20. That's right, 84 points on the Socorro Bulldogs. Uh, Last night in District 16A, Pebble Hills topping Americas, 57-20, to and Franklin topping Westside rival Coronado, 48-0. Uh, let's see, uh, in the land of enchantment, let's hit out Centennial. At the Field of Dreams, topping Hobbs, 35-18. Deming, all over Chaparral, 50-0. To Carlsbad tops Oregon Mountain, 34-20 and on Thursday night Mayfield defeated Santa Teresa 41 to 7. Little old Anthony, Anthony Texas improving to 5 and 4 overall, 2 and 1 in district after a 63 to 6 win over Compass Academy. There's a look at your scoreboard. Let's head out to uh Montwood the Sack, Montwood hosting East Lake and get an update from Jeremy Caranco, Jeremy. So
4: oh, in the Three oh two left to go in the fourth quarter and it's East Lake leading Montwood fifty to zero. This game is all but over now. Montwood though surprisingly is inside the East Lake thirty for just the second time this evening, guys. Third time across the fifty of the night. So that just gives you a rough idea of how rough it has been for the Montwood Rams missing some key pieces on their offense. Eastlake looks like they're gonna move to seven and one four and one in district and Montwood will fall to two and six and one and four in district play Eastlake at Socorro next week. And Montwood will face Pebble Hills. Let's give you some numbers for the victorious Eastlake Falcons. One uh, uh, Elijah Uribe, no second half action from him. First half action was 13 carries for 140 yards and three touchdowns. Sebastian Rendon, 13 out of 21 198 yards and three touchdowns to his guy, Adrian Lopez. With those three scores, he had 101 yards on five catches. Total yardage, 422 for the Falcons tonight. Still unleashing the air game late in this ballgame, and I believe they have just recovered um, an interception. Yes, so 159 fourth quarter. It looks like Eastlake will just knee it, and this game will end. We'll still give you an update as I give you some Mountwood stats. I'll update you the final. We should reach it before I finish. Kevin Melendez, 6 out of 15 for 84 yards. Jeremiah Steve had two catches for 48 yards. And Melendez also ran the ball, which he can do. 14 carries for 45 yards, but it was just him tonight trying to do too much, too much of a hill to climb for Montwood there. So Eastlake, they run the ball here. And Jeremiah Escamilla, who's having a nice night now in the second half, he has 10 carries now for about 60 yards. So Eastlake getting some more action to their younger players here. Well, guys, we're about a minute 42. I don't know if you want to stick with me, fourth quarter. Uh, We're counting. Eastlake just letting the the clock run out, as it appears, up 50-0. to
0: All right, Jeremy, I think we're going to. Call it a night there. Huh. the East Lake Falcons look like they're gonna they're gonna roll here to a final. So East, so Jeremy, right. thank you so much. Great job from the sack tonight as East Lake victorious over the Montwood Rams. Just about thirty seconds to go here. East Lake improving to seven and one overall, four and one in district, and a very very tough district. And looking at next week,
2: Socorro looking like they're gonna prove to five and one, Paul. Socorro's is going to improve to 5 and 1 is that what you just said?
0: I said Eastlake. Eastlake <laughs> yeah, to 5 yeah, no one doubt. next week. And and
2: there you go. I think that's the way the district holds out if let's see if anybody can shock the Franklin Cougars. And that's the big news coming out of this game. We've talked about from the start of the season. Four teams pursuing six playoff spots with a loss tonight Monwood falls to 1 and 4 in the district and uh, eliminated from the playoff hunt. Uh, Eastwood still in that hunt with a win over Socorro tonight. They're at 2 and 3, a game behind fourth place. America's 3 and 2 remember Eastwood and America's are going to square off last game of the season but Montwood's problem as as we said looking for four spots out of six teams well those five teams in front of you have all beaten you with the exception of Pebble Hills who's sitting at 4 and 1 uh, they'll match up with the Montwood a week from now i doubt Montwood'll be much much healthier than they are today but the problem is Pebble Hills the worst they can finish is 4 and 3 if Montwood wins out the best they could finish is 3 and 4 and as i said everyone else above them has already beaten them so the Montwood Rams as of tonight uh, eliminated from the playoff hunt so we can no longer say six teams hunt for four spots it's now five teams for four spots and it looks like that last spot's going to come to as we've said a few times the Eastwood Troopers at 2 and 3 they get Coronado next week a, a, a very winnable game before they get to Americas Americas gets Franklin High School which is the <laughs> best team in that district it's going to be tough but then they finish with those Eastwood Troopers uh if if America's wins next week and Eastwood finds a way to lose to Coronado, America's would clinch uh, the fourth and final playoff spot. Uh, I'm not sure that's going to happen, Bo.
0: In the way Franklin uh, is playing right now, 48 nothing over Cornell last week. That is a 4 p.m. kickoff next Friday night. First game of a doubleheader at the sack. Franklin at Americus. Uh, the way Franklin's playing, you'd like to think that the way the, the Cougars would be victorious there.
2: And a banged-up Americas. No Caesar Drennan for a couple of weeks. And, you know, last last night was a big game, and they're not able to get Drennan on the field. You wonder how close he really is to getting back on. They need that. We've been talking about teams with extra weapons and other you know, another uh, uh, a weapon on the spear. Well, they've been missing one of their uh, spears or tines or whatever the heck those things are uh, for a couple of weeks now. They need Drennan back on the field. The, the big game, the one that's going to matter is, is, is week 11 against Eastwood. So, you know, find a way to get that kid back on the field. And between uh, him and Mark Moore and uh, the passing game, the Miranda kid, uh, you know, maybe they can get it done. And uh, we got a doubleheader, Socorro ISD Athletic Director. J.J. Calderon, one busy
0: man. We have another doubleheader at the sack next week. So Chapin Eldorado will take place 4 p.m. on Thursday. The Huskies and the Aztecs. That'll be followed by the Falcons and the Socorro Bulldogs at 730 on Thursday. Then the early game on Friday will be Franklin at Americas. And the late game will be Motwood and Pebble Hills. Some exciting games, though, elsewhere, especially in 5A, the Austin Panthers and the Jefferson Silver Foxes at Silver Fox Stadium. Both teams 3-1 in district.
2: How do you see this one playing out, because this could be a really interesting game, Paul. It's just going to be fun to watch. Uh, it's night, nice. you know. Jeff gets better as as the weeks go by. You know, they add some things. We saw the the Navarro kid tonight uh, stepping in and, and making some plays through the air. So they're a better team than they were, you know, a month ago. And Austin is is playing the best they can play. It seems like they're pretty loose, throwing in some tricks. Looks like they're trying to, you know, scheme wise improve themselves every week. Yeah. You know, I love Austin over the last month. I like him against anybody in that district. But uh, boy, it's going to be fun uh, watching Jeff uh, take a shot at him. By the way, I don't want to lose it before we get away. You we were just talking about all the four o'clock games at the sack. Make sure uh, we don't forget. They're supposed to break bra- break ground on that second sack. That's supposed to happen uh, this Monday with a twenty twenty three projected opening you know we heard this story a couple of years ago but then you know mr covid came rolling along and uh, kind of set things back but you know i guess the, the schedule or the clock is about to restart and uh, you know maybe those four o'clock things will be uh, you know go the way of the dodo bird once a once a second socorro athletic uh facility is is uh raised up
0: absolutely and it's a final so maybe jeremy won't be out at the the sack this late again it's a final as east lake defeats motwood 50 to nothing so that is your final score once again east lake improving to 4 and 1 in district motwood falling to 1 and 4 another exciting game as we look at the schedule next week down in foray, Clint and Riverside for all intent and purpose. This is for the district title there. And the Riverside Rangers are just looking like nearly unbeatable
2: in Foray at the moment leading into the playoffs. Yeah, Clint's only chance they run that wishbone offense. They have to pull in Austin. You know, Austin gets a hold of the ball and, and they don't want wanna let it go. And you know, if Clint can crank up that wishbone and have some eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen yard drives that end up in pay dirt you know maybe they can ugly the game up remember they won this one last year 14 to 7 that was a clint kind of game riverside wants to put 30 40 50 points on the board and after what they did tonight to to mountain view you know you wouldn't bet against them
0: Absolutely. Elsewhere, big games next week are our Jones Stadium. The El Paso High Tigers will host the Andrus Eagles. Irvin Rockets will host Burgess Mustangs coming off a bye. They'll be well-rested leading into the game at Tony Shaw Field at Irvin Memorial Stadium. Hanks will host Horizon off Friday night. Del Valle will host Bel Air. Fun little Lower Valley rivalry there. Parkland will travel down to Isleta. Why, San Elizondo will host Mountain View. Chaparral will host Santa Teresa. Crane will host torneo And a fun one tomorrow. Don't forget Cathedral Fighting Irish taking on TMI Episcopal out of San Antonio. This game a neutral site. Noon game in Ozona at Ozona High School. Cathedral coming in at 5-2 overall. TMI Episcopal at 7-0. Oh. So they're undefeated at 7-0. Going to be a tough game for the Fighting Irish.
2: Yeah, Load up the car and get to driving. You, you just might make it.
0: Hey, you never know. So uh, a fun game there. And once again, we're talking about Andrus as we kind of select our player of the night. Andrus. Anderson had an
2: outstanding game. For the second straight week, Malcolm Anderson. Again, uh, you know, level of competition. This is not the best Irvin Rocket team we've seen, you know, even even recently. Uh, Disappointing. Jonathan Knutson coming back. But uh, they've hit the wall, and you know that's where they're going to be the rest of the year. But despite that, with with uh, Jeremiah Cooper out hurt, uh, Malachi Doe's been gone for over a month now, five or six weeks. This kid's really stepped up. Malcolm Anderson, Uh, four touchdowns last week, interception return for a score, and and another what was it? I think we did the math: six tonight, three on the ground, two through the air, and yet another interception return for a score. Not just based on what he did tonight, but what, what's happened over the last couple of weeks. Malcolm Anderson stepping out up for those Andrews Eagles, and for that, he's our player of the night. Absolutely.
0: A player of the night sponsored by Taco Avocat. Stop by the drive-thru, grab some Taco Avocat to go. Hey, wear your school colors, receive 10% off. It's at Dine-In at 2114 North Zaragoza. Order online at tacoavocat.com. Remember, senior football players must have their SAT-ACT results submitted by December 1st to be eligible for the Greater El Paso Football Showcase Combine and the All-Star Game. Go to 915showcase.com and the social media to see the weekly top five performers, scores, and stats of teams and players and more. And remember, visit 600 espnelpasocom for recaps, photos by Prep One, and final scores for Football Friday Night. Make sure to subscribe to our Football Friday Night on demand for the replay of this very show. Football Friday Night on Demand is available wherever you get your podcasts. Well, that does it for all of our reporters. For Paul McKinnon our producer, Angel Munoz, what a night, a blowout night here Mm -hmm. at Week 9, but still fun nonetheless. Some exciting games next week, and we'll have you covered right here on Football Friday Night on 600 ESPN El Paso.
1: You've been listening to Football Friday Night with Bo Bagley and Paul McKinnon. On 600 ESPN El Paso. Don't forget to follow the Facebook page, Twitter, and Instagram at 600 ESPN El Paso. Visit us online at 600 ESPN El Paso for all of the latest regarding your high school football reports and more. Once again, we thank you for tuning in to Football Friday Night on 600 ESPN El Paso.